1: The show that ruffles feathers. Good afternoon. Happy Friday to you. Good Friday to you, right? It's always a good Friday here. Going into a weekend. Wow, God, do we have it for you here? Unbelievable! Please hit the like button. I want. I want. I want to hit on what Gravy says here. Gravy, right out of the gate, goes like this. Sills, to be honest. I couldn't stand you like a month ago, but now I look forward to your shows. You're growing on me. Love the energy. No holding back. Gravy, this is why. I'm not the most sophisticated broadcaster. I'm not these guys that bullshit people every day when they come on the air and they're technically sound and they do these things that, you know, are far more superior to me when it comes to going around a wheel, which is getting around an hour but I've been doing it for around 33 years now. And the more that I'm closer to me, the more people understand that I'm not trying to BS them. That's kind of like why we grow on folks. I don't have the greatest vocabulary. I'm pretty smart when it comes to sports, just because I've played it, been in it, covered it. But, What you eventually get a chance to do is this. You get a chance to basically watch and listen. And then you go like this Hey, you know what? The guy's actually starting to make some sense here. So that's exactly, you know, you know, you know, gravy. It's funny you say that because that's been a common theme of my shows for all these years. Okay. Gravy says, I really listened to you until recently maybe that's why that's that's cool that's exactly kind of what's what's happened over the years with me okay it's been it's been exactly like that where people they first go is this guy just one of those kind of shock jockers as some would think and no and you know it's funny my aunt said something to me today she's like you know what man can you be a little bit more softer and your delivery because you cut right through people when you do these things. And I'm, and I go, and I go like this, look, and I, and I, and I say, it's kind of just how I am though. I'm not trying to BS anybody here. Chris says talking to seals about football is like talking to a soldier about war. Wow. The ultimate compliment. Anytime you bring our brave military people into a conversation, thank you very much, man. I so appreciate it. Absolutely, man. I enjoy talking with you guys. I enjoy the new platform we have. Paul, appreciate you coming aboard. No, no sugar coating with sills. Well, that's been a theme this week, right? Hey, for the record, I want you to know that my conversations with the Eagles continued on till today, too. And we really had a great conversation. It really did. They understand my position. They understand what I'm doing. They understand what you guys are doing. And I said, hey, listen, you know, we appreciate you guys watching the show. She goes, no, we got people in our, de- get this. I have people in my PR department, in my scouting department. Um, some of the ownership group that hang around with the owner watch the show daily. They watch the show daily. People all over the organization watch this show. I I can't, I was taken by it today when I heard that. And I thank you. I mean, I was actually floored when I heard that. How many people, and you know what? Usually you don't get an organization tell you that. Ah, you know, I heard this from this guy and you know, they said this. No, we watched the show. There's about 20 people inside the organization, the Philadelphia Eagles that watch our show now. I told you when we put this thing on the air, we'd be relevant. I told you this. Okay? Okay? (laughs) Xander goes, that number will be around pushing 30 after this week, right? Guys, thank you so much, man. You guys that come aboard and they read your comments. And like I said yesterday we weren't unprofessional nobody was unprofessional and I think that's one of the reasons why they were straightforward with me today on how many people watch the show inside the Eagle organization. Thank you very much I have ne- it's the only time I'm trying to think it's got to be the only time in my career where an organization was actually honest with me and said no um we all watch it. Like four people that matter to me in the organization, watch it. I go, is how we watched it? He goes, clips. Okay. I go, is the owner seen it? He goes, the owner's heard of it. The owner's heard of the national football show with Dan Cilio. Okay. Well, no less pressure because... I'll never change in what we do and how we approach it. I'm not going to just throw shit across the bow here and just to get views and such. It's not what we do here. We want to have receipts. Like I always tell you, if you're going to bark about something or you're going to have an opinion about something, make sure you have receipts to back up what you're saying. When I was first getting into broadcasting, I didn't have those receipts. And that's why I'd get in trouble. Now I have receipts because I use fax. Hit the like button, like I said. By the way, Joe Theismann, bottom of the hour. Hour number three, we will have Randy Cross. We want to talk some Debo Samuel. He's plugged into the San Francisco 49ers. Actually, he won three Super Bowls with the 49ers. And he also works with CBS Sports. We'll get his thoughts on some of the draft kids that are coming out in next week's NFL draft. Joe Theismann and Randy Cross, let's see, combined, they have been to six Super Bowls and won four. Not bad, huh? Chris, making a name. I guess, man. I thought I always had a name, but making a name in Philly for sure. Hey, and by the way, can I tell you something else? Uh, no, I'll leave that one alone because that would that would – that that would single out somebody. And I'm, I I got to be careful, too, because I promised a few people in the Eagles I'd keep my pie hole shut on certain things. And so I will. Okay? But how about this? Fredo, I know it was you. I'll leave it there. Yeah. Hey, man. Yeah, Randy, three rings. Won three Super Bowl championships with Joe Montana. I played against them, actually. And also, um, Theismann won a Super Bowl with the Washington then-Redskins. Joe's got one too. Brandon says, Sills, the smirk to open the show tells me it's going to be a good one. I hope Howie's watching. Very good, Brandon. Brandon leads me right into my topic. Xander even actually said something to me about this. So I was reading a website today. And the website suggested that the Philadelphia Eagles and Howie Roseman since 2012, okay, is the sixth best drafting team in the league. And get this, the article then goes on to give you the record. You know what your record is since 2012? 82 and 78 and one. (laughs) I was like, wow, well, you're getting a lot of return on that draft. And I'm going, wait a minute. The record since 2012 is 82 and 78 and one. And they're the sixth best drafting team. Well, I got to dive into this one here. I was like, I was expecting to see like one Oh two 78 and one, but right. You're four games over 500, and they're the sixth best drafting team in the NFL since 2012. Okay, I'm actually not seeing that, okay? (laughs) When Sills breaks out those glasses, (laughs) I feel my estrogen level increase. Birds, shut the hell up, okay? I'm going blind a little bit. I'll tell you what I don't need, though. You know what the new word is? Is that Debo Samuel in the Ravens and the 49ers are talking? Can you imagine Debo Samuel in Baltimore with Lamar Jackson? My heart would stop. That'd be must watch television. Can you imagine him in that offense, Debo Samuel with Lamar? Good night. You got that guy and that guy on the same field and the running backs are pretty decent in Baltimore. Wow. With John Harbaugh. What a fit. Debo Samuel with John Harbaugh in Baltimore, but not the Eagles. I'm not giving up any draft capital for that guy. Is he really a game changer? Well, maybe your coach isn't the guy. Holy crap. Are you kidding me? Right? I'm sitting here going like, what are you talking about? So wait, Baltimore's interested in his ass now. But of course not the Eagles. Guys, will you do me a favor? Can we, can you, here. Can you educate me and help me and telling me whether or not you think ESPN is a bunch of bullshit artists here. Will you tell me? I want to go back from 2012 to present and get your spin on how you think the draft panned out. And ESPN says the Eagles are the sixth best drafting team since 2012 with an 82 and 78 record. <laughs> you tell me, let me let me bring these names up now. Here's your 2000, here's your 2012 draft. Fletcher Cox, star, still on the ball team too. Michael Kendricks, what kind of player was he in your opinion? you, You know what? Let me read the list and then you tell me and give me a grade on that 2012 draft. We could do that now. There's enough of, an, uh, of a sample size to give me here Fletcher Cox, Michael Kendricks, Vinnie Curry, Nick Foles, Brandon Boykin, Dennis Kelly, Marvin McNutt, Brandon Washington, and Bryce Brown. Give me a ranking and grading on the 2012 draft. I'll tell you what mine is. Fletcher's a hell of a ball player and really was a great ball player. Um Foles, man. He he delivered the Super Bowl. Okay? He really did. He delivered the Super Bowl for you guys. So he's got to be a massive factor also in that. Okay? What would you say that grade is? Boy, that's a strong B plus to me. I'm with you guys. B plus, that's a B plus grade. So let's do that. We're going to get a grade point average, just like you would if you're in college. So 2012, you guys gave a B. Let's go B plus. Okay. B plus. Let's go down to 2013 here. We got good trade compensation for for Dennis Kelly. Okay, here's the 2013. Lane Johnson. Boy, wow. Zach Ertz. Benny Logan. Matt Barkley. Earl Wolf. Joe Kruger. Jordan Poyer, and David King, the 2013 draft. By the way, what this may also do, this may also make me look bad here because I've been saying he's not been a very good draft guy over the last four years. What would you say that 2013 draft grade is? By the way, Andy Reid is in the organization at this time. Is that correct? Andy Reid is in the organization. Right? It's a B minus. That's not a D, dude. Zach Ertz and Lane Johnson. D plus, B. I think it's a B. I do. 2014. 2014. Marcus Smith... Jordan Matthews, Josh Huff, Jalen Watkins, Tyler Hart, Ed Reynolds, Bo Allen, uh, that draft um two thousand fourteen. That's a D you guys say F you guys say F I'm going to go F because your first round 2014 they did draft a linebacker in the first round he was the 26th pick dude how many downs did that guy play Played in like 70s, how many, how many? Played 53 ball games for y'all? That's an F. That's an F. 26 player taken? That's a capital F, man. 2015. (laughs) Nelson Aguilar. Eric Rowe. Jordan Hicks, Ja'Cory Shepard, Randall Evans, Brian Mil- Milak. 2015 draft. Oh, no, hey, don't start separating this. This is what ESPN said. Somebody in the Eagle organization or somebody called ESPN and said, I need an article. And you got Howie's big picture in there on a website in town. This is going to be for all the Howie haters out there. They're not going to really like this. Oh, you want to put all of this on his plate? Okay, don't go there. ESPN and a couple stations in your city are telling me, Howie, this is him. Can't have your cake and eat it, Junior. 2015. What do you think? Nelson Aguilar, Eric Rowe, Jordan Hicks, Ja'Cory Shepard, Randall Evans. D. Okay. <laughs> 2016. Here we go. Carson Wentz. Isaac Samala. Wendell Smallwood, Vitali, I don't know, Blake Countless, Jalen Mills, Alex McAllister, Joe Walker, 2016, is there a dude on the team? Yeah, the guard is, the guards on the team. 2016 is an A? Wentz isn't on your team. It failed. B plus? Dude, you think that 2016 draft is an A draft? Three guys. Okay, I'll compromise. I'll go see. Hey, I'll give it. I'll say C. Still a starter in the NFL. Davy Boy, okay, okay, Davy Boy. I gotta I'm gonna go C. 2017. Derek Barnett, Sidney Jones, Rasul Douglas, Matt Hollins, Donnell Pumphrey, Shelton Gibson. Nathan, Jerry, Elijah, Quarles. What's the 2017 draft? A B? Derek Barnett was your first pick and he was the 14th pick. He stinks. That's a D, dude. There's not a guy, and and, and Rasul Douglas starts somewhere else, and it's an all-star for someone else. That's a D. Sorry, man. 2018, let's go, baby. Let's check it out. Dallas Goddard. Avante Maddox. Josh Sweat. Matt Pryor. Jordan Malata. I say that's um, a B plus. I mean, you got one, two, three starters out of that draft with only one, two, three, four, five picks. That's a B plus, man. You know what? I'm going to go A. I'm going to be fair, man. Totally. And by the way, I'm not going to go with last year's draft because we still don't know. You need three years before you can get a true assessment and evaluation. 2019. Andre Dillard. Miles Sanders. Whiteside. Sharif Miller, Clayton Thorson. What's the 19? 2019. Looks to me also that if you really look down at these draft choices, I would say that Howie's had more success in the latter part of the draft than he has in the first part of the draft with the premium picks. Okay. You you got to go see here with this. You got to be fair. You got to go see with that. Two thousand twenty. Jalen Rager. Hurts. Devon Taylor. Kevon Wallace, Jack Driscoll, John Hightower, Sean Bradley, Quez Watkins. I don't know. Prince somebody. Casey Tuhill. What would you give that grade? What would you give that? A C? A C? d d well jalen wait a minute you gotta wait a minute you gotta go see you gotta go see but i want to show you guys something also watch this the first round pick fletcher cox in 12 a lane johnson 2013 a 2014 marcus smith D, 2015, Aguilar, C, 2016, Wentz, C. I'm giving him a C because he's a productive player, but he's not on your team anymore. Derek Barnett, D, D, Dallas Goddard was your first pick, but in the second round. So we're going to move on with that. Dillard. Barrett likes him a lot. 2020. Rager. First pick. 21 overall. F. Then this year's pass. We'll see in a couple years we'll be able to get. Okay. It just seems to me. That he has he's done better later in the draft. I'm gonna give you what his grade is. Okay? Here in a minute. Joe Thysman's also gonna join us right around the corner. I'm gonna give you what the grade is, and we'll see if he has pans right. Do me a favor, hit the like button, keep it right here on the National Football Show. Go for
2: the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view, it goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub, and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want, or don't. Go for him, go for her, go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. All
3: right, did you know I was the mommy slam dunk champion?
4: Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd <sighs> So go to ready, go to that mama. fake Mama, go! Oh, mama! She did it.
5: Again?
6: You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh-huh.
5: Of life, First Trust Bank is there for you.
7: Seven, four, three. One, two, three. Because
5: Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank.
0: At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best Rocks glass
5: free.
8: You're telling me that bottle is cut in half?
0: You could say that.
2: Go for the midnight tears go for the game. Go for the hits, go for the fans, go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com.
1: I feel like the teacher getting ready to give out grades here now. Joe Theismann right around the corner. Big sales, please hit the like button. Well, I went from 2012, and I didn't really use my grading system. I just took like a regular A through F grading system like we did in school. And this is what the grade point average I came out with. It's a 2.0. Hence... hence the record 82 and 78 ESPN is giving howie pats on the back for being average in the draft and calling him the sixth best talent evaluator in the league okay i mean his premium picks you could you could debate have been flawed now again i agree with some of you guys some of these picks may not have even been, you know, with Howie's touch on them. But that's not how ESPN presented it. Okay? Holy cow. You know, hey, I'm going to tell you something, man. You know the best test there is for finding out whether or not a player sucks or not? High draft choices, when they come on the field, you ask any veteran, who's there and watching a player doesn't take those guys more than two or three practices to go. That guy ain't it. (laughs) That guy, that guy ain't it. You know, the talking heads that go around the world right now that evaluate the NFL, you get a guy like Joe Disman. Okay. You have a guy like Joe Disman in the huddle. He's going to look over at the offensive coordinator and he's going to look over at Joe Gibbs and go, He ain't it. (laughs) Let's bring in Joe now, former MVP. (laughs) Hey, Joe, it always kills me because, you know, as we get closer to the draft, you know, you always have these talking heads and these so-called experts. Well, I think this guy, and I'm like, they don't even have a helmet until Monday. I'm like, hang on, you need three years before you could truly evaluate a guy. You and I know this. When you evaluate a team and you're going to play a team the next week, you got trends, so you take the last three weeks of us. of the games that they've played, and that's kind of what the team has been doing, in last year's film. Of maybe if you play it a minute, it's a common opponent. On a player, it's three years. Hence, that's why the average lifespan of an NFL player is three years. They usually figure out if he's if you suck or not, right? I mean, you knew when you saw a guy who couldn't play.
9: Yeah, Dan. Um, hi, it's good to, get <laughs> it's again. Great
1: to see you. Joe. I, hey, I just just at Joe's like, okay, How, hi, hi, Joe. <laughs>
9: take a, Dan, take a deep breath. <laughs> no, it's uh, you're right. I think that that's one of the things that uh, it used to be that way a lot more because guys needed time to get into the game. Today, basically, you see systems in the NFL that resemble an awful lot of what the NFL is like today. So the transition is a little bit easier, but it, it doesn't take long for veteran players to recognize a work ethic on an individual, and really, that's the key: is what are his study habits. Is he on time for meetings? And what are his work habits? Those are the three things that veterans look at on any rookie. I don't care where you're drafted. That's why I think so often you see guys that are free agents and later round picks sort of come to the top because they've had to work all their life. Now all of a sudden they have to work all over again, and it's not unusual for them. Whereas sometimes the guys that get drafted really, really high, uh, it's sort of a right of privilege to be able to, to say, well, you're there. Uh, but you, I've, I've said this before. You give me a fourth-round pick with a first-round work ethic, and I'll show you a guy who's going to play 10 years. You give me a first-round pick who thinks they're a first-round pick, and they may struggle for a while.
1: Absolutely. You know, Joe, you you were in maybe one of the best organizations when it came to doing this. You guys could find reclamation projects. And I guess maybe this went back to George Allen. He would bring in all these guys, but then when Joe Gibbs came in, it's almost like you guys collided, the draft and also free agents, and you guys really were like the Patriots and the Raiders before the Raiders and Patriots because that was a great blend that you had in
9: that organization.
1: It must have been great seeing the talent evaluation and the development when you
9: played there in Washington. It really was. Uh, Bobby Bethard was the architect of that. It uh, was a terrific general manager both in Washington and in San Diego later on. And, of course, Coach Gibbs had a a way – he had players that he wanted. Coach was very specific in what he looked for in players. There were certain types of players that he wanted. He didn't want me, Dan. Um, We were – in 1981 when Joe took over, um, what was so interesting is I went – I had to go to his house after we were 0-5 for he and I to sit down to have an understanding that I wanted to be his quarterback because I had radio shows, TV shows, and all this other stuff. And then all of a sudden, it's like, OK, um, I need you to do this. I said, fine, just give me a chance. And it's interesting, from that day, from the fifth game of 1981, we went 8-3, and 12-1, 16-3, 11-5. And really, Joe changed his philosophy a little bit. We were no longer that throw-it-around team. We were a team that basically ran the football. It was my job to keep the chains moving till we got down around towards the end zone into the red zone, and I still believe to this day he's one of the true geniuses when it came to putting the ball in the end zone.
1: Joe, do you agree today in the NFL it's a little bit different than just building through the draft any longer that when you look at what the Rams have done, they got a lockdown corner, they have a pass rusher, a wide receiver, and they're paying the quarterback. It's the important positions that you pay Nowadays, if you're going to win a Super Bowl, it's not just about building a phenomenal defense any longer. It's more so that if you don't have a lockdown corner pass rusher, you don't have to have the greatest defense any longer in the planet, but you have to be able to get to the passer, and you've got to have a wideout. Now they become part of the cake instead of just the frosting,
9: and you've got to have that signal caller. Are those the premium positions teams have to pay? I think they are, Dan, but first of all, when you take a look at the Jets who have, what, umpteen picks here, um, they're retooling. It doesn't take long if you find the right guy at the quarterback position. Obviously, I think I like Zach Wilson coming out a lot last year, just like like Trevor Lawrence down in Jacksonville. I think Doug's going to do a terrific job down there. But I, the, the important thing is, is when you look at the Rams, Sean felt like there was one position that was needed, and that was the quarterback position. Obviously, with Aaron there and, of course, Jalen, I mean, you've got, you know, you've got Hall of Famers. Um, but, but Matthew was the key for them to be able to get the job done. See, if you've you, if you're close, like, like, for example, Tampa Bay was when they went and got Tom Brady, when you feel like you're close, it's one or two players in free agency that you believe will get you over the hump. When it comes to rebuilding, like Houston's, you know, they're going to have to go through it. The jets are going through it. The giants are working on it. You look at all these draft choices. They can't miss. They, they, they can, these guys have to be able to contribute and contribute right away. Uh, you don't have a time frame there or else the window passes for the coach that's there at that time because we know their their life expectancy isn't very long. And if things aren't going the way the owner likes it, automatically there's somebody else that comes in, new system, new concepts, new philosophies, and you're basically taking two steps backward instead of one step forward. But yeah, I think there's there are teams out there that look at what they have. Like Denver, for example, I think feels like they added some pieces that they can get better and they can compete. They're going to have to in that division. Buffalo added some people. They had the quarterback. Had the quarterback was terrific. But there are pieces that they felt like they could add that even made them more competitive. The one that's going to be interesting is Kansas City. Uh, how are how are they going to – I mean, Tariq is, is one of those guys that's just exceptional. Um, and, and it's really funny, Dan, to listen to people talk about Tariq and his speed and the passing game. I think he affects the running game more so than the pass game mm. because you can't bring safeties down. To support the run, or he's going to go up top. You have you have to keep somebody in the middle of the football field. You have to keep people away from the line of scrimmage. So with Tariq's speed and Hill, I think Miami's going to be a team that there's a lot of great expectations down there now. But I-, I really feel like he he affects the running game a little bit more than even the passing game when it comes to that great speed that he has. But that's that you know that Miami's that's that element that they were looking for. So the draft is essential for building to something you want to get to. And the free agency sort of takes you to that next level.
1: You know, and Joe, I agree with you in Kansas City. I think they may even take a step backwards. No disrespect to Juju Schuster, but if I'm Travis Kelsey, the reason why the middle of the field was wide open and they had gaping holes sometimes, not so much that they ran the ball a lot, Joe, but they were around 4-3, 4-2 a carry when they needed to get play action. And that affects your play action too if you can't run the rock. I think they're going to have a rude awakening if they think they could just go with a system. Because if you were a defensive guy, the number one thing, Joe, you don't want to get beat on plus 25 plays, right? right? I'm a defender. Hey, man, I'll give up the seven, eight plays. I'll keep everything in front of me. But don't let me give up more than three top 25 plays plus 25 yards. I can't have it. I'm going to get killed in that ball game. I think Kansas City's going to struggle on that.
9: Well, Dan, you know what's interesting? Please don't ever underestimate Andy Reid. I mean, he he has he he knows how to take and make things happen. He's very creative. We've seen that in his offenses. I think the biggest adjustment for anybody in this league this year is going to be Patrick Mahomes. You know what 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 happened in that playoff game um, changed. I think in the second half changed the way Kansas City is going to have to approach things because you don't have that big weapon down the field. I think Patrick's going to become a more disciplined a more underneath guy, you're going to see more 8, 9, 10 play drives out of Kansas City is what I anticipate. And that way – and you're going to take your shots down the field. Everybody has the shots. Not, you know, not everybody has a Tariq Hill. Not everybody has people that can just flat run. matter of fact, a lot of teams don't, and they still manage to put up some pretty good numbers. But I, the one thing I would never, ever do is underestimate Andy's ability to adjust to get what he needs out of that offense. But, again, it really wasn't their offense that was that much of an issue. You know Kansas City struggled on the defensive side, yeah. of that, and that's where they need. That's where they're going to need to shore up a few things.
1: Absolutely, you know they went out and they got the pass rusher. They brought in um, Ingram. They brought him in, and that kind of changed the dynamic because they were able to move Chris Jones down inside. I yeah. want to ask you about Jalen Hurts. Um, you think he has the ability to be a franchise quarterback, or is still incomplete
9: yet for you? I. I, I... I think there's the ability is there. I would, I questioned his ability to throw the football at Alabama. I saw the same thing at Oklahoma, but then I saw glimmers of, of things that I thought, wow, you know what? He can do it. And we, we are, I think are too quick to judge in this game, young people. I mean, you, you forget that it's a process to learn how to play the position of quarterback specifically, especially when you have athletic skills, Dan, it's, it's hard to discipline yourself to be able to stay there and, and look when there's a hole in the middle and all of a sudden you're looking down the field and it's like that little, the little guy on your left shoulders go, go the little guy on your right shoulders going, hang on one second. The receiver's coming open. So you got this little, these two little people arguing on your body, but it's um I think Jalen has the physical skills to be able to play this game. I think he throws the ball. Well, this should be a huge year for him as far as let's see really what you got. I mean, this is, this is a, let's see what you got year for Jalen. i like I said, I had questions about the way he threw coming out of Alabama, out of Oklahoma. I think he threw the ball better at times uh, over the last couple of years. This is the year I think that he really needs to step up and be the guy who can throw the football for the Eagles to be able to, for them to get where they want to go. You know, it's a, it's a funny thing too, Dan. You look at the AFC West with everything that's gone on out there, the additions of, of all the big name people. And then you look at the NFC East where it's, it's, it's just as curious a division but without the, the you know the headlines the star studded these guys are here because they were you know superstars someplace else i think it's going to be a, a division where people are going to you know duke it out quite a bit
1: you, you know joe i you're going to love this conversation so i had a conversation years ago with bill walsh and i go coach uh, tell me when you're evaluating a quarterback and he's throwing the ball and you know can you improve arm strength? He goes, well, I already know. You don't know what you're talking about. And I go, why? <laughs> he goes, it's about the knowledge of the game and your feet. That's, exactly That's where a quarterback is worth his salt and money. Montana got back in a seven step. There are certain guys that float back, and those floaters end up always having high passes. Always have it. He was teaching me, Joe, the, the fundamentals of what it takes to be a quarterback, sure. and I always try to convey that to people today that when guys like you – or Montana, or guys like Brady come to the line of scrimmage, you're already moving a guy over with the subtlety of your head, just looking him over. When you do this out of your snap, you're already sliding the defense because the defense is going to slide. You'll slide him back. You could slide the defense back just by doing those subtle things. And when I watched Jalen do that, and I hear Troy Aikman in the playoff game, single coverage, throw it out there, just get it out there for positive yards. They didn't, he couldn't find Devonte Smith for the entire first half. And I'm sitting there thinking, you've got to know
9: that Joe can you improve on that as a player absolutely absolutely I mean every day you want to get better <clears> I mean that that's Dan that's the whole bottom line is that's why you practice that's why preseason games are so important that's why training camp is so important Otas mini camps you have to be able to take as many snaps as you can if you're a young guy because you need to see as much as you can see because it will assimilate to what you're going to wind up seeing on Sunday and, 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 you know, sometimes sometimes you have preconceived notions, especially young guys coming out of college. They basically it's, it's I'm looking here. I'm throwing the ball here. That's the biggest struggle they have. The arm strength is one of the big misnomers in this game today. It, Bill's right. It was all about footwork. And Bill Walsh and I used to play tennis together. I'd love to go out and do a game. We'd visit um, and then and then we just talk football. I mean, what a, what an incredible football mind he had and all the subtleties and the fundamentals of the game and the little things. It's all the little, it's your footwork that matters. It's the footwork in everything you do. I mean, when you really stop and think about it, everything we do is foundational, whether it's a business, whether it's our life, whether it's a sport, it starts, it comes from the ground up. And if you don't have good footwork, you have absolutely no chance to be able to make up the things you need. I'll give you an example. Last year, Dak Prescott, Okay, Dak came out. He looked like he was really ready to go. He felt he was moving around really well after his broken leg. Now, all of a sudden, he develops a shoulder problem. Then he develops a calf problem because his leg really wasn't ready yet. It's a two year injury. I know. Trust me, it takes two years (laughs) because the throwing mechanism is not just the arm. It's the rotation of the hips. It's the power that comes off your right leg. It's like Alex Smith broke his right leg. I broke mine. Dak broke his. So I expect Dak to be very fundamentally sound this year because he's going to have a foundation under him. Not it, it, like I say the arm is very misleading. Joe didn't have the Montana didn't have the strongest no. arm. You know, Tom's got a Tom's got a big arm. So you know, you but but yet look at look at the foundation. This would be fun for people as we get closer now. You know, now the drafts coming up and then of course we're going to get excited about the season. But this year if you want to make a note, anybody listening, make a note, write down if you can focus on a quarterback's footwork And it'll tell you whether the pass was completed or not.
1: If they're
9: they're going to get a completion out of it. You
1: know what's funny too, Joe? They're they're saying that this this draft um, next week is not really there with superstar players. And I'll go back and I I tell people, I go, you know, they were saying the same thing about the 79 draft when Phil Simms and Joe Montana were in that draft. They were saying, well, it's not really – there's nobody really in that draft, and I'm like, well, geez, man, there's six Super Bowls in that draft right there at the quarterback position. And I think this goes back to what you were saying about being too quick to judge right away until you see what a player can do, whether or not he could transition his game. Same
9: thing maybe with this class too, Joe. Let's see and wait until they get a helmet. Well, yeah, I agree with you, and I, I agree 100%. I mean, Trevor Lawrence is a talent. Zach Wilson is a talent. Look at the, Look at how the team struggled last year. Not because of them, but because what's around the position. You've heard me say this, Dan, time and time again, I'll reiterate it one more time. The quarterback position is the single most dependent position on the field. That's why Sean went out and got Matthew Stafford. He felt like that. He had the pieces around him, but Jared just couldn't quite deliver what he wanted. So he went and found somebody he believed could and actually did. And so from my perspective, I think, you know, Kenny Pickett, Carson Strong, Malik Willis, they're all talented young men, but what system are they going to wind up in? Does it favor their talents? What's their work ethic? And I believe all of them have really excellent work ethics. And what are, what, what's the coach going to be able to do for them? How much are you going to transition from the college game to the NFL game? I mean, you know, we, Justin Fields, what kind of adjustment is he going to make? Uh, Trey Lance in San Francisco what's going to happen out there is Jimmy Garoppolo still going to be the quarterback is Trey going to have to sit another year but one of the I think one of the most I guess amazing things that's going on in football is obviously the uh Baker Mayfield um and and truthfully if, if I was Baker Mayfield I'd go to practice I'd go to that facility every day I heard Charlie Weiss say this the other day uh and uh I, I was I couldn't agree with them more. I go there every day and try and make myself a better football player, Be, because sooner or later we. How many quarterbacks actually finish seventeen games? Dan, really? I mean, when you look around the league, how many times are we look? Are they looking for somebody to come in and play? And I think I think if Baker goes out there and he just tries to make himself a better football player, ignore all the noise, don't have to say anything to anybody, just go out and play the game. And get better at it and see what happens. And you will find a home somewhere.
1: Absolutely, Joe. And I think it also sends a message that hey, I'm a good teammate. I'm here. Yeah. Sean Watson last year, he was down there with Mills, didn't make any headways. He was going to go into practice. I, I agree with you. I don't know why Mayfield would be away from that practice unless they told him. I want to get your thoughts on Carson Wentz. I mean, you've been you're around the organization now, the commanders. And I hear Ron Rivera talking highly about him so much. and I don't know if it's just out there for the media because there's a lot of talk and noise around that name Carson Wentz, especially in Philadelphia. Your take on him so far and what you've been hearing about his stay so far in
9: Washington? Well, I think you have to look at a little bit of Carson's history. You know, he was on track to be something special in Philadelphia, and then he got hurt. Um, and once you, you know, when you get hurt, you take away an element of your game. And I think it took away a little bit of his ability to be able to run and maneuver. So he had to, you know, he had now to adjust to be able to throw the ball out of the pocket a little bit more. I think trying to come back, the pressure of trying to be what he was uh, really caused I mean, through 16 touchdowns, 15 interceptions, it was, it was a horrible year. And then Frank makes the deal for him in Indianapolis. And truthfully, when you look at his numbers, five, I think of the last six years, he's almost had a four-to-one touchdown-to-interception ratio. Hey, Joe, let me stop you. He was 27 TDs, seven picks, 3,700
1: yards, 94 quarterback rating, and I was like
9: – I know. I that's was exactly. like, okay. That's exactly, that's exactly what I said. Now, for whatever reason, Indianapolis decided that they didn't want to go forward with him. I think Washington got a, a guy that is hungry, a guy that can continue to grow, and now what are they going to be able to put around him? The offensive line has lost some people. I think that's one of the areas in the draft where Washington will go. Wide receiver, I think they may go. May, you know, Could possibly be the first-round pick. I think one of those two positions could possibly be the, uh, the first-round pick that they're going to have at 11. At 11. Um, but I, I think for Carson, it's all out in front of him. Um, he should be healthy. He should be ready to go. He should have the opportunity to be able to be in a system that is very friendly. I played in the same system. Um, I, I talked to Scott Turner a lot because it's, you know, it comes out of the Joe Gibbs system and the Don Coryell system. It's a numbering system and it's, um, it's easy to assimilate guys can, the guys that you're working with can understand it very easily. You don't have to go through these 19, 20 word, uh, explanations. Uh, and I just, I'm excited for him in Washington. I really am. But you know, Taylor Heineke sort of is the guy everybody said, okay, you did it. Thank you very much. What a gutsy performer he was. He doesn't necessarily have the arm strength. I think everybody's looking for, but I'll tell you something. The kid is a competitor. He's tough. He, he, he took some shots last year. Like you would not believe, uh, made some plays uh, that were just phenomenal. And, and he's an asset to that football team. They have him under contract, I believe for this year as well. But as far as Carson goes, It's there's still, I guess, an unknown about him that we we have to see. And this is going to be a great opportunity for him.
1: Finally, Joe, um, McLaurin, um, do you think they get that thing situated? I mean, and and I got to say this about that wideout. For some of the issues that the organization has gone through, you know, behind the scenes, for him to have excelled the way he's excelled, this kid's a special ball player
9: here. Does Washington see that? And do you think they iron this out? I, I think they'll work it out. I think Terry. I've got to know Terry pretty well, and he's one. He is just an incredibly charactered, stand-up young man who will do anything to help a football team win. He's a tireless worker when it comes to his trade, and I believe I think he's an asset to this football team. It would be someone that they would be wise to keep under wraps. But like I said, is you still need some compliments uh, when it comes to the wide receiver position? Um, you know, hopefully Logan Thomas can come back at the tight end position and give that you know give him some some input there or output there I guess you could say but yeah i i, I would love to see terry stay all commander absolutely i can't wait and joe can you imagine what today's price tag
1: would be on that offense with riggins you and the hogs <laughs> i mean bro what
9: what <laughs> yeah, i mean don't do that to me <laughs> wait joe don't, wait a minute don't okay do you're that 45
1: billion don't you got do to go 20 to for Riggins
9: at least, right? Oh, It's just, it's you know, how just, about the receivers? How about you know, Art I mean, Mark, right? I mean, how about the five guys in front of you, man. Oh, I know. And then, I mean, <laughs> how, how about your offense? Every, it's really funny when you look at that football team, both on both sides of the ball, there would be numbers that would be record setting. But you know, one, one last thing about the economics I am thrilled for these young guys to get everything they can get. I knew that Aaron Rodgers was going to get 50. There was no question. He, they could not afford unless they wanted to set that organization back for, you know, five, six, seven years, you know, and not that Jordan Love can't play, but he's not Aaron Rodgers, okay? And now, now Devontae's gone. Now you really need Aaron there. Um, but I just think that, um, you know, we don't have a lot of, you know, top quality guys that can just win for you in this league. And so the guys that can are going to get paid. And the young guys that get a chance to prove it will get paid in their next contract. Really, you know, Dan, when you come into this league, you play under a rookie contract, but you're really playing for that next one. The next one is the one that, that sort of sets your life straight.
1: Absolutely. I've told someone this the other day too, Joe, you know, they asked me what the loudest stadium was. I go, you know, man, that arrowhead. But then I started remembering, Hey, I used to remember when we were at RFK for some reason, my eyes would always be in the. this the guy tapped me on the shoulder and, yeah, Mike Stenzerud goes like this to me. Yeah, because the stands are shaking.
8: <laughs> and I go,
1: the, what? The, he's like, the stands are shaking. That's yeah, that why you NFL never really get your, your senses when you're out there. You can That place used to be so loud,
9: and the thing looked like it was on, like, springs. I it love was playing bouncing it. up and down. The, uh, the, uh, the NFC Championship game against the Cowboys. They brought in all these aluminum seats. And they were pounding their feet on these aluminum seats. And I'm standing on the sidelines at the end of that game. And literally the ground is shaking beneath my feet. People have asked me, what's the most memorable game I ever played? And obviously a Super Bowl is extremely memorable. But to play the Dallas Cowboys at home for a chance to go to the Super Bowl was the game that just stands out in my mind because the fans made it that way. When you, I mean, I get goosebumps just thinking about it. You're standing on the sidelines. And people are going, we want Dallas, we want Dallas. And all of a sudden, this ground starts shaking. It's like, man, you you just – this is surreal. And, and there aren't too many surreal moments in our game, but that certainly was one for me.
1: Absolutely, Joe. I love you so much. I've had two Notre Dame guys back-to-back now. I had uh, Mike Gullick yesterday, and now oh, – gosh. <laughs> my, my friend, Joe Theismann. Joe, thank you, my friend.
9: Thank you, Dan. Good catching up with you. Take-
1: you bet. The legendary MVP of the Washington team our friend, Joe Theismann. Speaking of MVP, my friend, Morgan and Morgan, John Morgan, the fee is free. My friends, that means this, they don't get paid unless you get paid. And if you get hurt or injured on the job, choosing that lawyer happens to be one of the most important things that you could possibly do for your family. Fair compensation, only place to go is Morgan and Morgan for the people. It's not a slogan. It's who they are. It's what they do. How about this one here? Over the last 30 years of Morgan & Morgan's history, they have received over $13 billion in compensation for their clients. $13 billion for their clients. With over 800 attorneys and offices in Philly, Florida, New York, all across the country, Morgan & Morgan's army of attorneys are there to fight for you to get you the fair compensation. And get this, size matters. Morgan & Morgan Make sure that they go to battle for you with the biggest law firm in the country. And that's who they are fighting for you, getting you the fair compensation. The call is free. The consultation is free. Call them at 800-512-1600. That's 800-512-1600. Morgan & Morgan is open 24 hours a day, seven days a week for you. And when you call Morgan & Morgan, do me a favor, tell them your boy Sills sent you.
7: When choosing a lawyer for your injury case, you may ask, does the size of the law firm matter? Well, of course it does. The insurance company, they're huge with unlimited resources. And whether your case is big or small, they're built to bully you out of the money you're owed. But here's the good news. We're big too. The biggest, actually. And we're built to fight to make them pay for all that was taken from you. Size is our strength. There's only one Morgan & Morgan. For the people.com.
2: Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories, go for the view, it goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want or don't. Go for him, go for her, go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. All right, did you know
3: it was the mommy slam dunk champion? Really? (laughs)
5: field of life first trust bank is there for you because philadelphia dreams deserve a philadelphia bank
0: at stateside vodka every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass free
8: you're telling me that bottle is cut in half
0: you could say that
2: go for the midnight dares go for the game Go for the hits, go for the fans, go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Welcome
1: back. National Football Show with your boy, Big Sills. Appreciate you guys stepping in with us. Thank you so much. Please hit the like button. Oh, by the way. By the way, you ready? We're working on Keith Byers and Keith Jackson coming on the program. I had forgotten I'm really good friends with those guys. So I sent Keith Byers a – I sent him a text. I said, dude, you got to come on next week, man. You got to talk some Eagle football. He goes, Sills, you think they're ready for me? I go, dude, that gangrene team was nothing but a bunch of shit talkers and ass kickers, man. (laughs) You guys, okay? Bodies everywhere, man. Keith Jackson's like, Sills, I'm ready to rock, man. Two moves to get Eagles to the Super Bowl next year. Come on, man. Two moves that could get the Eagles to the Super Bowl. Yeah, okay. Debo Samuel and Deshaun Watson. Okay. How about that? <laughs> Debo Samuels. Debo Samuels and Deshaun Watson. Boom. I want to show you guys something, though, man. Hey, I, w- I, w- I want to show you guys something. Okay. Yeah, Xander's like this. You know what the real sad thing is, Gravy? They were both doable. Okay? Look at what the business partners for the NFL will do for a team when they need good mojo publicly. They'll put an absolute ridiculous report out there on a website like ESPN and have you believe, you talk about misinformation, that Howie has been some sort of guru drafting talent evaluator since 2012. And some of you are going like this. Well, wait a minute, man. Joe Banner and Chip Kelly were in that. That's not how ESPN presented it. I know that. But they weren't presenting it that way. And neither were their broadcast partners. I got that story off of one of the websites in Philadelphia that airs Eagle games. That's their broadcast partner. This is going to be an article that's going to really make all of the Howie haters not really happy. Well, okay. Well, let's look at that then. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Well, when you got a 82 and 78 record since 2012, and you're making everyone believe that Howie Roseman has been in charge since 2012, and that's what you're pimping, I'm going with it. Joe Banner, I know he was in the building. But again, it's misinformation. This has got no truth to it. This has been the Eagle... I'll tell you one thing, though. Howie's been in the building since 2000. And if Jeffrey Lurie, the owner of the Eagles, takes Howie Roseman's word and thinks it's a really big evaluation word, he had some say in the building. He's the last common denominator since 2000. Hey, and, and by the way, like Davey Boy says... Hey, man, since 2000, they can rely on that record. It's not a bad record. Well, 82 and 78 since 2012. God, this is almost what I've been arguing with you guys for. Are you okay with rooting for 500? You're all right with that. ESPN is. We we went down the list, all of us. All of us, we went down that list. It wasn't just my grades. We all came to a compromise. It was a, he's been a C in how he's evaluated talent for the team. Tell me I'm wrong. Big Pickin says Lewis should be in someone's front office. Big Pickin. That's not all it takes to be a general manager. You've got to be the resident ass kisser to the owner. You've got to have an understanding that you're in charge of the owner's money. You can't let someone in the building start commanding more power and more latitude to do things with the salary cap the most guarded entity in the philadelphia eagle front office is the cap they are not going to let that cap get out of hand like they have it in dallas doesn't it doesn't it My. hey doesn't this blow your mind the dallas cowboys are not in the conversation for debo samuel they can't afford him they overpaid for amari cooper They overpaid for Ezekiel Elliott. They've overpaid for Dak Prescott. They've overpaid for pretty much every single guy on that football team. They don't have money to go out there and pay a guy $25 million. They just got it. They just jettisoned Amari Cooper. Guys had to go. The reason that Zeke didn't go was because Zeke would have been too big of a cap hit to the Cowboys this year. He's gone next year. That Jalen Smith deal, Israel, you nailed it. That's another deal, man. You thought you got a deal because you know what Jerry does when he gives people money? Jerry gives people money to make himself look good. Look at this, man. I got this Jalen Smith kid. He was injured at Notre Dame. Now look at him. Yeah, he's looking for his fourth team now since last year. Absolutely, man. That's how Jerry makes himself look decent in the interim. By paying these guys and overpay. Dak, overpaid. Amari, overpaid. Zeke, overpaid. That old line, overpaid. Then he had to start cutting back. He loses Gregory. Common sense. The Cowboys overpay because the owner wants to look good. You know how the owner looks good in Philly? By using Howie as a Jerry Jones clone. Well, Derek Barnett, he gets a new contract or he gets an extension. Why, well, he's had four sacks in 25 games. He's absolutely, he's the 14th pick? Dude, maybe in the fourth round. That sucks. Why the Co- Why the Fletcher Cox deal? Fletcher Cox gets $14 million for last year. What, what are you seeing that I'm not seeing? He'll have a bounce-back year? He's on a one-year deal. You obviously don't... Oh, that's right. It's one of them prove-it deals. Dude. That article that was posted on one of the websites in Philadelphia just shows you the BS that they spew at you and the lies. If you think being four games above 500 since 2012... And I'm not talking about winning a Super Bowl here. I'm talking about this is what they gave themselves or ESPN gave the Eagles that Howie's the sixth best GM in talent evaluation in the league. And he's 82 and 78. If you buy that, (laughs) that's okay. (laughs) Hey, I'm rooting for average here. Jesus. I don't matter. I only have four subscribers. I love it, man. Okay. Derek Barnett was a power move. Yeah, covering his ass. He couldn't have another first-round draft choice. Shit to bed, could he? Cox was absent all year. He was, man. I love Joe Joe Theismann. Sorry for the freezing. Xander says he'd never seen that before, too. Oh, my God, Ernest. That's the best attitude you can have. That's my You know what, Ernest? Can I tell you, you see Ernest Miles down here? F average. I want to dominate. Ernest. Got to be honest with Big Cells here. Will you be honest with me? Okay? Ernest, you got to be honest with me. Are you a miserable man? Are you miserable? I want to dominate. Tell me if you're miserable. <laughs> okay? Xander's like, I am. <laughs> right? How many teams dominate, though, honestly? There's all kinds of forms of domination. You could dominate a team's will. You could be in someone's head. <laughs> dominate your credit score. Chris... Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Ernest, I am because of this mediocre ass <laughs> uh, Hey, Ernest, please, people, hit the like button. I love you guys. Dude, when you strive for perfection your entire life, knowing full well you won't get there, you will live your life in misery. Trust me when I tell you. And then you'll learn to live with greatness. That is a mantra that I live by every day, man. I try so hard every day to be the very best that I possibly can. I will let freaking nobody and their BS get in my way. There's so much noise in the world, but you can't let it affect what you love. You can't. There's all kinds of speed bumps to greatness. You maneuver around them or through them if need be. (laughs) See, to me, weak minds will go, oh, my God, there's there's another stop sign in front of them. Please. The Eagles are mad at me. (laughs) (laughs) That's rocket fuel, not jet fuel. It's rock. See, Sills rides a rocket, not a jet. Okay. And I don't have a chip on my shoulder. I have a lumber yard. That's how I live. I live with a lumber yard on my shoulder. People always in my business thinking that that over there is better than what I'm doing. And the old coach with the tap on the hat. Hey, good job, guy. No way, man. Run through walls, guys. And that's what I'm talking about with Philly here. Eighty-two and seventy-eight, okay. And and hey, Davy Boy, Davy Boy would go like this, you know, in that time from two thousand twelve. There's a Super Bowl and an NFC Championship and playoff appearances. Sills. He's right, but I want you know what I want. Hey, maybe maybe this is the way to look at it. I want the Eagles to be Alabama or the Patriots. That's what I want them to be. Is that fair? Why can't I have that? I got to have football people in the room. I have to have people who communicate with one another and are all on the same page. Okay? I can't and don't want people taking credit when credit is not warranted. If you succeed... See, I would look at it like this. If I was a general manager the Philadelphia Eagles, you guys wouldn't know my name. I don't want you to know my name. You guys don't know who Kevin Colbert is. Only reason you know Kevin Colbert, because he's been on my program. Kevin will be on again after the draft. But Kevin Colbert is the president and VP of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And this is his last year as general manager. And then he's, I don't know, maybe he does something else. Maybe he does consulting. Kevin's the guy responsible for putting the Steelers together and winning Super Bowls with Cower and with Mike Tomlin. You ever hear him talking? Binoculars at <laughs> games, scouting dudes? You don't hear that. He is an asset for the coach. I don't want the coach to be the asset to the GM. Me too, Sills. I want to dominate year in and year out. And you know what, Ernest? Your Eagle team of 17 wasn't built to do that. And I think that that has been something that has been on the owner's mind. How did you go from winning a Super Bowl and then four years later, you're a four-win team? Makes you think that you got, there was some things in the way that year that – by the way, I, I will still say this about that team and one of my favorite things about that team, okay, is that you had the best combination of offense and defensive line, in my opinion, I've seen since the 85 Bears. You guys, the, the 85 Bears and you had a lot in common. Think about it. Strong defense, strong front seven, great O-line, relied on running the ball, Right? Proficient in third-down accuracy. There's a lot to be said about that 85 Bears team and the 2017 Philadelphia Eagles championship Super Bowl team. They, they kind of had the same philosophy. We're going to beat you up up front. That 85 Bears team beat you up up front, both sides of the ball. But what was the problem? And by the way, during that era, you had the era of Lawrence Taylor. Washington was spectacular. Eagles were good, too, back in the mid-'80s. Everybody was pretty good back then, man. That's when Gang Green was starting to get its feel, you know. Jerome got there in 87. So, all of a sudden, you started seeing, you know, you had San Francisco in that time. You had Montana there. You know, the Broncos were good. Raiders were fairly decent. There were some good, powerful teams, and a lot of teams didn't have a lot of movement. The Cowboys were not very good in the mid eighties and they weren't in the conversation, but that 85 bears team and that 2017 Eagle team had a lot in common, A lot in common, but it underachieved one championship. Now to be fair to that bears team, they did win a boatload of football games for many years after that 85 season. The Eagles did not because they were never stable really at the quarterback position, correct? D-Train says, I'd rather my team get to the playoffs every year with the belief we can actually get to a Super Bowl than get to the playoffs with the thought that we at least got there. That's what you – D-Train – see D-Train. Xander, put D-Train up. Guys, that's – that's – the thinking you fight what D train's fighting, dude, I don't want to just show up, get my ass kicked. What's the point? What's the point? Hey, I made it to the playoffs. Then you get your ass rolled. You were never really a true contender. And what's the one thing that I keep harping on with everyone? I don't want to compete. That's a given. It's thanking me for not robbing a bank again. Hello, welcome to the NFL. You should be competing. The teams that don't compete, they're fundamentally flawed from the front office down. The teams that contend, Steelers, Patriots. Those are the teams. Someone would say this, Steelers, are so few of them. Exactly the few the proud oh my god maybe i just realized it now i set expectations for you guys too high okay i'm sorry sorry guys you know what you're right i need to lower my expectations for the eagles because some you're you're right and espn proves it too this is not me saying it ESPN proved it. Because they're calling 82 and 78 the sixth best in the league with talent evaluation out of the draft. Hey, I'm wrong. I you know what? I I I get it now. Xander's been telling me this. Portion of the fan base is cool with 82 and 78. Are you cool with 82 and 78 in the Super Bowl? Guess so man you know i you, you know sometimes you have an epiphany and you realize what you're saying and then you realize it's the expectations that you place on things that you put on your life and how you got to where you want to be i don't want to be good at anything i want to be a great dad i want to be a great husband Okay, I want to be the best broadcaster I can be. I wanted to be the best football player I could be. It's funny, every defense I played on pretty much always was the best. Because you know why? I used to get offended when people scored on me. Not just getting beat. I was really a loser with this. Easy money. You'll like this. Life fish a little boat. The only thing the Eagles do right is the O line. Boy, do they really. And they got the best O line coach evaluating them. Therefore, we can compete every year, but the truth is you need superstar weapons to get to a Super Bowl. Man, I've been I've been pumping that so much and saying that so much. You know? Wayne says that's the problem, still living in the Super Bowl year. Wayne, that's old news, man. I'm, I'm so happy to see you say that, too. Seals was better than Jerome. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, no. I may have outplayed him a senior year, Israel, but a better player? No. N- no. Jerome's one of the best three techniques. The best three techniques I've seen in the last 35 years is Aaron Donald, Warren Sapp, and um, Jerome Brown? Yeah, no, I absolutely. Israel, absolutely not. Jerome is special. I, I, just a special player. Just like I said, I outplayed him his senior year, but that didn't mean I was a better player. Jerome liked to take a couple plays off And Buddy Ryan used to get in his ass for that And I used to look over at him And I told you the bucket Hey hey, Israel, I'm not sure you heard the bucket of chicken I'm down there doing 650 in squats Benching 550 and doing all this Jerome comes in with a bucket of chicken Puts it down, no weight belt No knee wraps 650 pounds, goes up and down Picks his bucket up, walks out and I go You know, I effing hate that guy Yeah <laughs> <laughs> I hate that guy. <laughs> man, I had to work at my 40. I ran my ass off. This guy goes out 315 pounds, runs a 484,
8: and I'm going
1: like gee. I'm running. I ran a 481 at 288. But this guy, man, he, he just he was just too special, man. He was so good, man. Lt and Reggie are the best. Do, do you remember? Norman Brayman. Oh, abs- dude, I'm friends with Norman Brayman today. Okay, I'm I'm friends with um, Norman today. That's how I got my Corvette <laughs> down in Miami. Memories are short. Last year, everyone said they would win four games. They won nine games. Lose a playoff game. Never expected to make it. And everyone thinks they have the worst team. No one said they have the worst team. Don, not here. Players improve, my bro. Uh, no, hey, Dom. I never said they were a bad team, Dom. I have, you know what? I have never said that the Philadelphia Eagles on this show have have a bad team. I have never said that. I'm trying to get better. Okay, I'm no, 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 man, dude. Do I come off like I say that the Eagles are sorry asses? I, that's not true. Thanks for that story. I'll tell my daughters, the legend told me, hey, man, Jerome Brown, I broke up a, a Klan rally with him, just so you know, Italian kid in Brooksville, Florida. What am I doing? What are we doing? Are those guys in hoods? Oh, my God, you know my owner, and Q Culverhouse has passed away, so I could say it now. You know the guy's a racist. Hell, he may be even you-know-who the grand wizard himself, and you're sitting here. He ran Doug Williams out of town. You got me in a Klan rally? I go, you mother... Oh, my God, man. I wanted to fight him. I was like, are you kidding me? Sure enough, Jerome ended up... It's in Sports Illustrated, too. They got pictures of all of us there. I'm walking down the middle of a street, and then we end up having beers with all the uh, black activists in that area, and Jerome. We're having beers with the Klan, I'm like, don't ever tell anybody this. Don't ever say anything to anybody, Jerome. He goes, why? We worked it out. I'm like, but this is really weird, man. You always put me in weird places. What a crazy dude, man. But Jerome was just a man amongst the people. I'll tell you what, I told you this the other day. If he were alive today, he would be the Charles Barkley of the NFL. That TNT show, man, I love it. I watch it every night. Every time those guys are on... Hey, man, the the Minnesota T-Wolves are the stupidest team I've ever seen. They're dumber than a box of rocks. How do you lose a 26-point lead? I was saying the same thing. I'm like, wait a minute now. The Grizzlies came back and they had a 26-point lead to T-Wolves and you lose by 10? (laughs) Good night. Uh, Is that when I saw my first – no, when I first saw – when I first saw my Confederate flag, I was on my way over to my dorm room when I got to Miami, and I go, what's that? And the guy goes, well, that's the Southern flag. I said, well, don't we all have American flags down here? Not down here, son. You in the South. Well, well where are you from, boy? Well, I'm from Stanford, Connecticut. Connecticut? Well, man, what the hell is wrong with you? I guarantee you one of them ass-kissing liberals, ain't you? Hey, man, I'm a football player. I don't know anything about You see that flag right there? History. South will rise again. Yeah. Hey, I just want, can I just get to my dorm room? (laughs) I was like, hey, man, I, I just want to get to campus. Well, you remember, boy, where you are. You're in Florida now. It's the South. And when you see that flag, you give a salute. And I went, don't show me the salute. I don't want to know what it is. I go, I was, I don't want to know. I told my grandpa, my grandpa, started laughing. He's going like this. But so the, the the guy was a Confederate racist in the cab. I go dude. I thought he was going to take me out to the woods because I was Italian. Well, you know, boy, them Italians, you heard the story about Herschel Walker, right? I was like, Herschel Walker, the running back, Georgia Bulldogs? He's like, yeah, you heard the story, right? You see see his wife? Yeah, he's got a lovely wife. No, no, he married one of them Italians. Well, isn't that white? Hell no, boy. And I was like, (laughs) she ain't white. She's Italian. (laughs) She's an Italian. (laughs) Like, oh, man. I was like, okay. Hey, man, I'm not kidding you. Hey, I think I've told you guys this story before, man. So Jerome and I go up to Morgantown, West Virginia. We're playing the Mountaineers. Chris, I hope, stop me if I've said this. We go up there. We beat the bejesus out of these guys. We score 35 points in the first 10 minutes. And they thought they, they were like number seven in the country. We freaking waxed them. They ended up taking the game off because <laughs> we killed them. We were number one, man, and on fire. We had just beaten Florida State, Oklahoma, Auburn. We killed like a – we were beating people up. So we roll in there, man, and we're up 35-0. And guys, get this, man. I mean, you see these guys like this, Right? They got cords around their neck. (laughs) When we get on our buses, couches are on fire. I'm going like, all of a sudden you hear hear Jimmy on the intercom. All right. Um, Everybody and um, the black players to the middle of the bus. I looked over at Jerome and went, I think you're on your own here, brother. (laughs) (laughs) He looked at me, started laughing. Then they started rocking our buses. They were burning couches. They had nooses. I had never been more afraid in my life. I called my grandfather. I go, I can't believe we got out of there. I'd never seen anything like it. There were burning crosses as we were leaving. Man, it was really surreal. Shaking the buses. All, all, all the black players to the middle of the bus. I was like, "Where uh, you go?" Jerome, <laughs> grab me. Go, you're with me. You're with me on this, man. I'm going, Jesus. No, man, that was so much fun, though, being with everybody like that. We ain't white. We Italians. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, so the next time you go on one of your local websites in Philly and you start looking at the intel that people are throwing at you, do your own homework. Take a look at it. If you go on WIP's website and you pull that story off, this will be one of the things that all of, you know, the Howie haters won't be able to swallow. Then you put it down on paper, 82 and 78, and you look at the drafts themselves and you come up with a C yourself. By the way, you guys were dead on. The C grade equals 82 and 78 it's a little bit above average actually it's a c-minus that's a and hey i think that would we agree since 2012 the drafting of the eagle organization c-minus is fair would, would would that be fair c-minus Don't mess with Mountaineers, Carl. Learn that lesson. You don't mess with Mountaineers. They'll get your ass. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Hey, Big Sills, man. I just want to get to my dorm room. Can I I get out of here? That's how I used to handle it. Hey, man. I just want to go home because I don't want to have to kick your ass from here down to South Florida. (laughs) Mean, because that takes a lot of energy out of me, and I just played a sixty-minute ball game. And me kicking your ass for two days would make me extremely tired. A, a solid D, middle of the road C, fair. Season D's get degrees, but that doesn't mean it's good. Hey, birds. <laughs> hey, season D's can get you a medical degree. But do you want that guy operating on you? <laughs> uh, hey, hey, go birds. Right? Cs and D's could get you a diploma and being a doctor. But you want that guy doing brain surgery on you or giving you a vasectomy? How you doing? Uh, you know? No, no, no. No, no, no. <laughs> oh oh thank you very much man hey easy money speaking of surgery oh my god hey ernest you want to hear a story i'm still getting a surgery can i get you guys before we go to timeout let me give you the most embarrassing surgery i've ever had no 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 by the way i want you to think of two things I'll, we'll, we'll take a timeout here hang on If you had a 48-minute game to win an NBA championship with, either Joel Embiid or Allen Iverson, who would you pick? I want to hit on that. My most embarrassing time as an athlete. I'm going to tell you what that is. Hit the like button. Don't forget, in our number three, we will have Randy Cross, the owner of three Super Bowls. Hit the like button. Keep it right here on the National Football Show.
3: All right.
4: Did you know I was the mommy slam dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes. Really. Don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right. Here we go. Let's hear the crowd. <sighs> so go, to writer, go, go, the Fake mom. Mama go. Up, oh, mama. She did it.
6: Again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare.
10: Uh
6: huh.
5: Field of Life, First Trust Bank is there for you.
7: Three, one, two, three. Because
5: Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank.
0: At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best Rocks glass. Free.
8: You're telling me that bottle is cut in half?
0: You could say that.
2: Go for the Midnight Cares, go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com.
1: Go first. I like it. Hit the like button. Big Bill. I thought I had a sports attorney and had to get a groin and scrotum ultrasound. The conversation with the female nurse during it was pretty damn awkward. Birds. We're kind of right there. I'm going to tell you what it is here in a second, by the way. Okay. Don't forget Randy cross in our number three here. Hit that like button In beat or Iverson. You had to win a series. Let's do a series instead of just a game. 48 minutes. Who would you take? AI. Or Joel Embiid. Man. Embiid. Hey, remember what I told you? Joel Embiid is more skilled than what Shaquille O'Neal was. Rick Barry said it, too, the other day on the program. He is more skilled. He's just not a dominant Shaq. But he he's more skilled. He's a better free throw shooter. He's got a better perimeter shot. He can shoot threes. This guy is a... He's a modern day version of a king. Right? Simmons and Bede. Wow. Wow. Ernest, I'm an Iverson guy, man. The answer. Man, AI, man, he is so fricky, man. He is such Can you imagine Allen Iverson on this team with Joel Embiid? Whew, man. And beads a baller, man. He is. Israel, do you think he's the greatest center in Sixer history? That's Wilt and Moses. I don't think he's better than them two. Can you imagine the history of the Sixers? You have Wilt and you have Moses. (laughs) Are you right? I mean, (laughs) I'm sorry, man those are some of the, I mean, the Lakers have had Jabbar, Wilt, George Mikan, right? And Shaq. Phillies had Moses, Wilt, and these are like in their prime. Moses Malone in his prime and Wilt in his prime. Led the NBA in assist, I think, with the Sixers when they won the championship. Um, And Joel Embiid's going to be the MVP. Wilt, then Moses, and then Embiid. But Embiid is not far off. Wilt was just too much, man. Dude, you know what? People always go like this to me about Chamberlain. You never see anybody score 100 points. Well, I don't know with the three-point thing now, you know? In the perimeter game... Could you see somebody throwing up? Well, we saw Kobe throw 81 up, right? Could you see someone getting close to that number? I don't know if they ever get to 100. Maybe in overtime. But you think you're ever going to see somebody go over an 82-game schedule, 50 points, 25 rebounds? <laughs> I, I don't think so. <laughs> well, it was 50 and 25. Probably had seven assists, too. So I would go like this. And if Embiid wins the champion, hey man, so if Embiid wins the championship, Larry Brown was on with us yesterday too. He said this, he said the Sixers have a shot. He said the Sixers have a shot. So you go, if he wins the title, that means Moses, because 83 Malone won the title, won MVP awards, too, if I'm not mistaken, with those Sixer teams. Did he did did Moses win three NBA most valuable player awards with Philly? I could have swore it was three. I know there were back-to-back years. I think Wilt won it, too, in Philly when they when they won it with Chet Walker. Chet Walker was on that team, if I'm not mistaken. Chet Walker, another fabulous player. And, um, yeah, and, and then Wilt won another one, I believe, when he went to the Lakers in the early 70s. Then all three of your big men would have NBA titles. Joel Embiid, Malone, and Wilt. God, dude, how about this? Well, I'll take Wilt. I'll be all right with Malone and Joel too. You know what I mean? You know how somebody always goes like this? Who's the best quarterback of all time, Montana or Brady? I'll take Tom Brady. I'm all right with Joe. I played against Joe. I'm all right with Joe. Moses never won in Houston. That was Olajuwon. Never won an NBA championship in uh, Houston. The Twin Towers in the early 80s went to the NBA finals against the Celtics. They had Ralph Sampson and Akeem, and they lost the 81 finals to the Celtics. I think that was Bird's first championship when they beat that team i think coach fitch was the team uh, coach of the celtics that won that so uh, malone never won in houston an nba title he won the title in philadelphia in 83 so hey 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 chris that was dope huh him walking over talking shit to drake i'm coming for the sweep i'm coming for the sweep you know what that great accent he has i'm coming for the sweep me for the sweet man. I posted it on my Twitter page. Oh man. Yeah. Oh man. Dude, Dillard, man. That we can you imagine Dillard and Philly? Anyway, I gotta tell you this story. Hey, I I love I love one of the I love the stories. It's, hey. So check this out. So I hurt my knee. Oh, that's a good, that's a good conversation. We'll get to um What's that going to tight end? So get this. I hurt my knee against the Cardinals. I go in on a I go in on a Monday. So I walk in there. I, yeah, I'm getting a knee scope. Just come, some shavings to come off my uh, my knee. Something got a little loose in there or something. So they want they it wasn't, it was in and out surgery. I, I left with crutches, but I was up walking around. I played that weekend. So I get in there. The nurse comes over to me. Now, guys, please tell me if you think this is weird. So the nurse comes over to me. She goes like this. Yeah, we're going to shave your leg and, you know, a little bit of your scrotum area. I'm having a knee surgery. We understand this. Right? We're having a knee surgery. Yeah. Okay. Okay shaves my legs she gets up to my my it's a woman too already i'm like i'm pretty confident guy good i'm all right hang on chris it gets better she shaves half half my scrotum area and i'm going like this now hang on here (laughs) ask you something here is this a joke then they gave me a robe you know, one of those things you put on, it came up to here, like the middle of my gut. I'm like, no, can I get a, hey, you know I mean? Yeah, I'm walking around with the coolons and the cannoli everywhere, and I'm going, like, freezing my ass off. And hang on, my wife, every time I tell this story, my wife goes, these people took it, these people sexually violated you. Were you put out? I go, I was afraid. They stuck, so, hey, it gets weirder. So I got, hey, so I got half my coulions, One leg shaved completely, and I'm going for a knee scope. I'm laying on the recovery bed. I got something down my, you know, the tube that's down your throat for whatever. I yank it out of my mouth because I didn't (laughs) (laughs) I I hurt my throat. I'm pulling a tube out of my mouth. Was and I'm like, Wait. and there I was, cannoli everywhere, half my coulion shaved, and <laughs> I got to go into my... So I walk in the locker room the next day to take a shower. Randy Grimes, our team captain, goes, it's quite a look you got going there, kid. What the hell kind of surgery did you get? Wait, let, me, let me guess. What did they do? What did they do, gild you? <laughs> I was like... I don't, I don't know. She. I think they, I think this was a gimmick. I don't know. I just went in to have my knee scoped. I walk out. Half my nuts are shaved. <laughs> I, does that sound normal? <laughs> does that sound normal to you? Oh, that tube's the worst, man. It was down my throat and I woke up scared because I didn't know. I go, my nuts were shaved. My knee was shaved. I got a surgery and I got something in my mouth. Hey. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Look at Jeremiah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hell no. Oh no. Xander's like this. I'm going to make sure that I post this on YouTube. Great. Great. I was violated. I feel like going on camera, like on Fox News, like Johnny Depp. You see, I was laying there. I wasn't in a fit of rage. You, you, you could possibly say that I was intoxicated. But I never raised my hands to the nurse. I was raised with a very heartless mother. <laughs> I'm sorry, Johnny Depp makes me laugh every time I tune that on. Hey, stand in line, kid. I was raised with a... It's like Thomas Paine. I was raised by coyotes. <laughs> Justice for Johnny, Hughes says, I was raised by coyotes and I'm making sure that everyone knows that I was abused by monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. EC says, you're too sexy. The nurse wanted to see big sills and the How you doing? Oh, man, I hate hospitals, too. My aunt gets on my sh- on my shit. She's like, Jesus Christ, you spend all that money, and you won't even buy a damn aspirin. Right. <laughs> oh, my God. Real good drama there. Depp is a poster boy for drug-induced... <laughs> ah! Man, would he get crushed in philadelphia when <laughs> he abused a monkey no no i wasn't angered when she put my
10: <laughs> <laughs>
1: you guys are too much man yeah man i have my hat i had half my couillon shaved how's that for you i look down and i'm like what the hell <laughs> 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 I was like, what the hell? <laughs> oh, my God, almighty. Oh, good grief, almighty, right, man? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. I, I, I really hate sometimes going over facts with you guys. Okay, I really do. I saw that article today. How he's the sixth best talent evaluator in the league. Wow, maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> he gets a C. You know what C means, right? Congratulations for doing your job. Yes, you, I like Johnny Depp too. Johnny Depp. Talking about his abusive relationship with his wife. Dude, if you don't like something, leave. <laughs> Pull the ripcord. You know how you jump out of an airplane with a parachute? Just have one. That's all I'm saying, right? Leave. Uh, no. You see him doing those lines, too. You, you see him drinking. The, 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 um, the attorney goes, could you have been intoxicated there? Well, I suppose so. And the noise you heard in the background. Excuse me, Mr. Depp, do you know what that noise is? Woodpecker? <laughs> uh, try again. <laughs> Someone knocking on the door? Uh, Try again. No, Mr. Depp, that's you cutting coke and putting a rail down and you uh, inhaling it. (laughs) Uh, yes, that could maybe have been. (laughs) I I turned it off because I keep laughing so hard. Holy cow. (laughs) Not the place you want to be if you're Johnny Depp right now. Unbelievable. All right, friends, do me a favor. Our friends at Morgan & Morgan... Where the fee is free means this. If you're in the search of an attorney, that is the most important thing you could possibly be going through right now is making sure that if you're in a situation that you need to have compensation, if you were hurt or you were injured on a job, finding that attorney is one of the most important things that you could possibly do. And at Morgan & Morgan, that's the number one thing that they do. For the people, not a slogan. It's who they are. It's what they are. They've built their reputation with that line, making sure you understand over the last 30 years, they've received $13 billion in compensation for their clients because they go to battle for you. With over 800 attorneys and offices in Philadelphia, Florida, New York, and across the country, size matters, okay? Size matters here. And Morgan & Morgan and their Base of attorneys are the biggest in the country, making sure that you don't get pushed around and you get the fair compensation you and your family deserve. That is what they do. That is who they fight for. That's what they are. The call is free. The consultation is free. Call them at 800-512-1600. That's 800-512-1600. When you call Morgan & Morgan, you understand this. They're going to go to battle for you, making sure you get that compensation that your family needs. When you do it, tell them Big Sell sent you.
7: After a car crash, the big insurance companies you see advertising on TV, they may try to downplay your case and might say, it's only a fender bender or it's just a herniated disc. I worry that some law firms fall for this BS, not us. We put ourselves in your shoes and ask, what would it be like to be in your pain for the rest of our lives? A million dollars wouldn't be enough for me. There's only one Morgan & Morgan. ForThePeople.com.
2: Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view. It goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink.
3: Go to bed whenever
2: you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. All right, did you know I was
3: the mommy slam dunk champion?
4: Really? <laughs> yes, really. Don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. <sighs> so go to right, go to fake mom. Mama, go up, oh, Mama! She did it.
5: Again?
6: You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare.
10: Uh-huh.
5: Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. On
7: One, two,
5: three. Because Philadelphia Dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank.
0: At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass.
5: Free.
8: You're telling me that bottle is cut in half?
0: You could say that.
2: Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Welcome back. National
1: Football Coach Boy Big Heels. Hit the like button. A D-Train, I did know that. Actually, at one time, didn't they put cocaine in the Coca-Cola to get you addicted to it? I think it's been taken out, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, or it still could be in there. I, I, I don't know because I know that they don't let you know what the uh, actual recipe is. It's locked away somewhere because they don't want everyone to know that they get all their Coca-Cola. I, I don't know, so i do not going to throw that out there. By the way, in our number three, Randy Cross. We'll talk Debo Samuel. So the Ravens are now in the conversation of bringing in Debo Samuel for Lamar Jackson. Jesus Christ, man. And the Eagles don't give it. I have, hey, you guys have asked me, Sills, how do we win a Super Bowl? You could have won one this year. Oh, my God, that's a great exercise. What Here, with all the draft choices that you have, let's just go back and we had three in the first round. Let me use this one. Three in the first round. What edge rusher would you have hired that was available? Khalil Mack? Let's just play a game. I would t- I would have taken Khalil Mack. My edge. Who else would you have taken? Well, Debo Samuel wants to be traded. I would hire Debo. Wide receiver. Right, quarterback Deshaun Watson. <laughs> Three players. I would have given you every single draft choice I had this year. For would you have given up every draft choice? Do me a favor, somebody. Tell me how old Khalil Mack is, please. It's got to be thirty-one. Got to be thirty-one. Right? Somewhere around there. You're picking. I don't know if it's uh, getting injured or the fact that the Bears stink. Because it's funny, when he got to Chicago, the defense was already good. He's 31. That sounds right. Been in the league about seven years. 31, he's still got gas in the tank. So how do you think the Eagles, with that football team they have assembled right now, Khalil Mack as your pass rusher, Debo Samuel as your wideout, and Deshaun Watson as your quarterback. Devontae on the other side and Dallas Goddard. Do you win a Super Bowl? <laughs> Three players. Here, you're welcome. How it, How can Andrew Barry in Cleveland see that? And Les Snead in Los Angeles with the Rams see that? Tom Telesco with the Chargers sees that. He made those pretty much same moves. Resigned Mike Williams. Got a corner. And got Khalil Mack. The Chargers are going to be a sleeper. Xander likes the uh, Vikings. I like the Vikings, too, as a team coming out of the NFC. That could be a real tough team to play each and every single Sunday. But I think the team that's really going to really make some waves, and uh, unless the owner gets in the way, which they're notorious at times for, getting in the way to Spanos, I think the Chargers are going to be right there. D-Train, Debo wants to go to Dallas. I think he wants to go east, my friend. How about Debo Samuel in Tampa? <laughs> Brady might play another 10 years if that goes down. You could, look at what you could have did with your football team in Philly with those three guys, and yet they refuse and they sign a player who hasn't played since 2016 and they try to sell me on Zach Pascal, And then they plan a story in ESPN to make that dude look better than he is. You see the same thing I do, right? Come on, man. You got to be judged on what your merits are. And, hey, doesn't this also do one thing, too, to Doug Peterson? You see, Doug Peterson not being in the Philadelphia Eagle organization any longer, you know what else it does? It, it diminishes Doug's importance and how important it was to coach all those players up through all those injuries Let me ask you this. Am I right when I say this? Because Barrett told me this. As the Eagles were getting into the playoffs, there was numerous injuries in the O-line. There were numerous injuries all over the football team going into the playoffs, and it was like the next man up mentality. Guys, that's coaching. That's not some dude with a pencil and an eraser in the front office. Going, hey, it was, uh, you know, where are the people that put these people in? Man, you got to coach that. That is a great coaching job. That's a phenomenal coaching job. Paul says the players played for Doug. Dude, man, can you imagine being a guy like Doug – You know, and Frank Reich. Double O says, just because Brady won a Super Bowl after 30 doesn't mean everyone can do it. Hey, man. Can you imagine being a backup like Doug and Frank and going like this to guys when they were getting hurt in 17? I've been there for you. Guys, always be ready. Hey, it's one thing to be a coach and never have been a backup. Waiting for your time, waiting for your time, preparing every day, knowing full well you're never going to really get a chance to play. So much so that Gardner Mitchell goes to the front office and bitches about it. Sit down, kid. But you got to be ready. The Eagles had a whole team of them dudes. I want to play. I want to play. Here's my chance. Here's my chance. I want to play. Get in there and beat the Patriots up. Never seen anything. The I'll tell you this. You know those two giant losses in the Super Bowl? I'll say this to you. The Nick Foles-Eagle Super Bowl over the Patriots, in my opinion, if I was Tom Brady, I would be more upset with that one than the other two losses to Eli Manning because you got the shit kicked out of you. By the end of the fourth quarter, the Patriots were beat up. I mean, dude, there was a white flag, and you're surrendering at Fort Sumter. You're like, hey, okay, man, that's enough. No shelling. I'm done. Uh, And what did the Patriots do the next year to the Rams? They took a page out of Philly and beat the Rams up like that. (laughs) Hey, the Rams were waving the white flag. I didn't even know Aaron Donald played on the Rams. Dude, they beat them up. That's coaching. That's coaching. Let me take a time out. We'll reset. Things we've been hitting on, really not hard to go anywhere, especially when you're putting out false and fake news. Fake news. Well, maybe to sum it is. want to be fair here again, you know? Eagles are watching us. Thank you for checking in. Hit the like button. Hour three. Randy Cross, the owner of three Super Bowls, will join us in hour number three. Keep it right here on the National Football Show.
2: Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view. It goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com.
3: All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam dunk champion? Really?
4: <laughs> yes, really. Don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to the go to the cafe, Mama, go oh, mama! She did it.
6: Again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare.
10: Uh
6: huh.
5: Field of life First trust bank is there for you
7: Seven, four, three. One, two, three. because
5: Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank
0: at Stateside vodka every new customer gets the world's
8: best rocks glass free you're telling me that bottle is cut in half
0: you could say that
2: Go for the midnight tears go for the game. Go for the hits, go for the fans, go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com.
1: We're right through this football Friday here and really this sports Friday. We appreciate everybody coming aboard. Thank you so much. Please hit the like button. Randy cross the owner of three NFL championships with the San Francisco 49ers will give us the latest on what's going on with Debo Samuel and why he wants out of San Francisco. Randy also works with CBS sports covering college football. We'll get his spin on some of the edge rushers and Get this, what people are saying, there's not a quarterback now with a first-round grade. Think of that for a minute. There is not a quarterback going into this draft of next week with a first-round grade. But Kenny Pickett will get drafted in the first round. It, it, he may go on to beat Drew Brees. But when you're not evaluating it, I mean – when, when you look at kids that go into the draft, and by the way, some would say this, and I said this about Justin Fields. That guy's not a first-round draft choice. I said it all last year. He was not a first-round draft choice. I actually said this about Baker Mayfield. I thought Baker Mayfield was a third-rounder. I never at any time was convinced that Baker Mayfield was a first-round quarterback. He ended up being the first pick. And do you know, the Browns are probably going to cut him. How do you go from four years ago being the first pick in the draft where there's no market for you? Easy. You're in a position like you are today. You overvalue the position and don't use your common sense. Here, let me ask you this, if you're the Lions – Would you rather go after a guy like Aiden Hutchinson who could probably start for you or would you rather take a gamble on a quarterback? And I'm just saying that you're not sure could start in the league. This is where you fundamentally get ahead of yourself because you're pressured into finding that guy. Sometimes the best moves you make are the ones you don't make. Pat Riley taught me that. Okay. So, I mean, we, we, we one of these guys, I heard someone say that they would take a gamble on Malik Willis. Yeah, you know where I would take a gamble on Malik Willis? In Green Bay. But they've already done that with Jordan Love. I would take maybe, how about this? A team with a veteran quarterback in Denver but I'm not using a first rounder on him. If he's there in the second round, I'm going to grab him up. Here's my air guy. He should have been a first rounder, maybe. Nobody's ever going to make the mistake of going, Jalen Hurts should have been a first rounder. No, he shouldn't have been. His mechanics, get this. That's a perfect example right here with Jalen. Jalen Hurts, you know why he's not a first-rounder? It's not his height. It's his mechanics. It's his ability not to see the game or inability. That's why he's not a first-rounder. How would you like to have those intangibles tied to your name? He doesn't see the game. And he's not technically sound. But he's athletic and he's a leader. Yeah, what about the other two? That kind of matters. Oh, here, if you want another one. He's not accurate. So he's not accurate. He doesn't see the game and he's not technically sound. But Sills, he can work on all those. I thought once you got to Google and Apple and you got to like... Like Microsoft, you think Microsoft does this? Hey, man, let's make that intern a department head. He'll yeah, grow into the job. Yeah, but he doesn't really know what he's doing. Eh, you know, he'll he'll learn. <laughs> this guy doesn't even know how to log on. Hey, don't worry, we'll have guys teach him. Shouldn't he know that? I'm very sure when Google or microsoft or any of these companies that are hiring people these guys are savants at what they do okay so in the nfl we're supposed to go m reyes thank you brother we're supposed to go like this uh, you know he'll grow into it okay i don't want this guy growing into nothing i want him to be ready I want them to be ready for what's going to be. And by the way, I don't want a front runner. I want, you know, those pro days that people have, you know, those pro days. People go like this on pro days. Uh, It's a perfect environment. You're throwing to your boys. You're doing this. You're doing that. Let me give you an example here of where I'm going here. Okay. So Brandon Bean is the general manager of the Buffalo Bills. This goes down to how he's shoot here. Follow me here. Brandon Bean was asked a question yesterday: um, Is 2022 Super Bowl or bust? And he said, "No, it's not Super Bowl or bust." Why would a general manager of a team say that? It's not Super Bowl or bust 2022. Why would it, why would a GM say that? A GM of the Bills. Why would he say that? Why do you think? Brandon Bean said that 2022, not Super Bowl or bust. Okay, why? I'll tell you why. Because Josh Allen has set that football team up for the next decade to contend. That's right, Tristan. Amen. Bang. Tristan, right there, baby. Perfect. His quarterback has a future. And more to the point, Tristan, the quarterback is the future. That window in Buffalo is for the next decade. That's why they're going like this. We're going to win one of these. We're not going to be like Philly. 17 and then the cliff falls off and the roof falls in. And you're building it back up in four years. That ain't happening. Unless something catastrophic happens to Josh Allen. Buffalo, would we agree Buffalo's going to be a contender for the next decade? With that quarterback in the building. That's why Brandon Bean's doing this, the GM of the Bills. Nah, we're good. We're not built for 2022. We're built for 2022 and beyond. That is where that Bills team is. Look how close that Bills team got to the AFC championship game. Okay? Look at that. I'd like to have seen Josh Allen versus Joe Burrow. Oh, I think you're going to see this. Pat Mahomes and Joe Burrow and Josh Allen. Those three dudes, probably Lamar Jackson too. You're going to see those three dudes. <laughs> dudes are good. Justin Herbert. Look at those guys. Here, you want to know the future of the NFL? Justin Herbert, Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes. These are all in the AFC. Lamar Jackson. You know who's on the other end? <clears throat> Brady, Rodgers, Wilson. Wilson's kind of maybe more in the middle. Brady and Rodgers, one or two years. Just, <laughs> dude justin herbert josh allen patrick mahomes and lamar jackson oh yeah and joe burrow excuse me Uh, i forgot (laughs) Uh, wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute one two three you got five guys hey what's this you think all five of these guys can win a super bowl justin herbert josh allen patrick mahomes lamar jackson joe burrow yeah i do And we have Jalen, but he'll get better reading defenses. <laughs> How long did it take these guys to get better reading defenses, or did they already know? Where's Where's Trevor Lawrence going to be in that? So oh, wait, oh my God, Steve, jeez, Steve, what? Why are these guys all in the AFC? Okay, wait a minute. Yeah, he could win too. Justin Herbert, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, and Deshaun Watson. There's six dudes that could win a Super Bowl. And Doug's dude, Trevor Lawrence. (laughs) Here's your future. Watch this. Justin Herbert, 10-year future. Josh Allen, 10 years. Patrick Mahomes, 10 years. Lamar, I'll go smaller, five. Burrow, 10 years. Watson, 10 years. Man, you got guys here that are for the next decade. And we're talking about, hey, you think Jalen gets the 2022 year? Where are you in the quarterback world for quarterback contention? Well, we'll find out after. <laughs> this is the third year. Oh, yeah. And I forgot you got the six bets drafter <laughs> in the NFL with it. What is that number? 82 and 78 and one. Yeah. With the C average. We looked at the drafts in the first hour. I see what my aunt's saying now. Because see, when I say things, it doesn't, it doesn't. (laughs) Xander's like, we're in the land of misfit toys. (laughs) Hey, man, if you're an Olympic hurler, hell, if you're an angler and you're out there bassing and you're, you know, when they have that bass tournament, shit. If you know how to throw a line and you can throw a buoy out and you know how to dive, why don't you just come on over to the Eagle Complex? What's it called? The Novocarron Complex? Yeah. Come on, man. We'll work your ass out. <laughs> What's the last time you played? Well, I was a junior in Upper Marlboro in Maryland, hurt my knee. Yeah, I hurt my knee in the, um, you know, in the uh, in in the game, the city championship, and you know, I had a touchdown in the first half, but uh, I haven't played, you know, since my, you know, the city championship back in sixteen. Okay, what are you what are you doing now? Well, I'm a, I'm an angler. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'm an angler. I'm a fisherman. Nothing wrong with that, by the way. Hey Chris, shut up. I angled too. Leno <laughs> Reeves. I think that's Keno. <laughs> ah, now you're hey. Hey, no, no, Ben. Ben, no. You 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 don't get a pass. Okay? If I don't get a pass when I F up a name, you don't get a pass. It's Keno. <laughs> <laughs> oh man who's left again honestly our hands are tied with jalen i know our anthony just go to battle with them that's what you're gonna do that's where we are and, and watch this where do the eagles have a bad team absolutely not guys please if i've made that scene that way i'm sorry that's not what i'm saying here that's not what I'm saying. I don't want anybody to think that. I'm just saying that you're not really a contender. I, I don't know who said it earlier, but you're you're George, a George Wilson. Thank you. I, hey, could, <laughs> yeah. What was it? Rasul Douglas? Is that what it was? Or was it Rasul? What was it? I forget whatever the hell it was. Richard, thank you, man. I really appreciate you coming aboard on this Friday. Thank you. Now, hey, DeSante, so you think last year was fool's gold? Garrett Pickens. <laughs> yeah. Okay, all right, all right, all right. I brought that on my stupid self. Sure enough. 82 and... Hey, how about WIP making it, in the WIP and ESPN, 82 and 78. 82 and 78, they make it seem that. <laughs> this is for all the haters. 82 and 78. How is the six best? So if you put it on a list, here, watch this. I'm going to put it on the list. Here, let me make a list up. The best Jill. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <dude. laughs> Ricky Douglas. Yeah, Akeem Olajwan plays DB for the uh, Eagles now. Yeah, so if, if ESPN puts it on a list, it matters. There's some stiff that's sitting in a cubicle that got an email, like I got an email yesterday from the Eagles that said, hey, did you know that Philly is the sixth best drafting team since 2022? I know the record doesn't show that, but by the the numbers it does. What numbers? Well, we have them here. Where'd you get those numbers from? Beijing. Oh, 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 oh. you know, ESPN in Beijing hand in hand with the NBA. You know, those numbers add up sometime. Hey, if you get numbers from China, they add up. (laughs) Randy cross right around the corner. We will talk with him and get his thoughts on what's going on with Debo Samuel. Please hit the like button. Keep it right here on the National Football Show.
2: Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view. It goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub. And in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. All right,
3: did you know I was the mommy slam dunk champion? Really?
4: <laughs> yes, really. Don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So, go to writer, go to the Fake Mama, go Oh Mama! She did it.
6: Again? You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare.
10: Uh Uh-huh.
5: Of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank.
0: At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the
8: world's best Rocks glass free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that.
2: Go for the Midnight Dares, go for the game. Go for the hits, go for the fans, go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Welcome
1: back. National football show Dan Cilio. Xander, do me a favor before I bring up my next guest. Put that picture of me, Sack in Montana. Yeah, put that picture of him up there, man. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think this was on Randy. I think this was on I I, I think this was on his boy next to him. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, yeah, did we win? Of course they did. <laughs> of course, of course, of course they 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 won. Glory days, hang on here, hang on here. But, dude, this is the only thing I can hang my hat on. They won every gosh dang thing there was on the planet. You never, their second team, 252, their second team was as good. Here we go, here we go. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Quinlan. Quinlan, yeah. Stick him to the ground. Go get Joe. Looks like Joe was helping me out a little bit. They ended up winning that game, of course, and I think they won the Super Bowl that year. Let me bring in Randy. Hey, Randy, how you doing, brother? I'm doing good. I'm doing good.
11: I'm I'm glad you came to your senses.
1: <laughs> <laughs> ah. Hey, you know. Hey, you know. Hey, nowadays, Randy, I could turn a fish story. I could make it seem like I I hooked Moby Dick. Okay, I. Mean, yeah, yeah
11: about two weeks ago two weeks ago i was up in oregon fishing didn't catch stink wasn't catching anything but i was fishing everybody said like, what'd you get i said i didn't say i caught anything i said it was fishing
1: <laughs> absolutely randy let me get into a couple questions here with the niners what is just maybe from you you know being a niner and knowing how this organization works now Give me your insight. What's what? What is the issue, in your opinion, that what's going on between Debo Samuel and Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch and ownership? I, I, they have a deal on the table, from what I'm being told, that they want him there. What's the problem here?
11: Um, I really don't know. To be the the, the quick and fast answer, um, it's. You know, you you take that, and then you do the normal extrapolation that happens with social media, and suddenly he's being disrespected, and suddenly they they, they want him to go ahead and go find a trade for your talents or blah, 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 blah. If if you're a guessing person, I think you'd guess the fact that Debo Samuel is is catching passes next year as a niner, both out of the backfield and out of the slot, so – I I, I don't know. I I, I think the the kind of sports world generally loses their mind this time of the year because of the draft and because of, you know, the deals that people make and everyone wants to be that guy. And, you know, if there's any, I guess, acrimony in that relationship, it's not hard for Niner fans to go, oh, well, okay, if he's got to be traded – we can get some of that capital we gave up to get Trey Lance, and we can get it back into this draft or next year's draft. Or so I don't know. And, and until you hear it coming out of John Lynch's mouth or Kyle Shanahan's mouth, I I don't really put much stock in it.
1: Randy, how would – now, I don't know what your relationship with Carmen Policy was, but I'm going to use John McVay instead because that was really the architect, in my opinion, along with Coach Walsh and along with Eddie D. That really were the guys who played and put the cement in the foundation of what the Niners really became. And then Carmen came in and whatever with Dwight at the end, um, those guys kind of like they, – they they springboarded off what those guys did no diminishing anything that karma did, but it was John McVeigh, in my opinion. How do you think those guys would have handled this situation? Well, it would have been a lot different just because of one
11: little slight detail, uh, a complete and total lack of free agency back then. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's, it's a product of the system. There's a lot of byproducts of our draft system. And the fact that these guys are now coming into the league with four- and five-year deals – you play, your, you play your heart out the first two years. I guarantee you they're going to re-up your deal because it's, it's just smart business. It's, you know, what it's going to cost you in two years after that for a deal is nothing. I mean, it's nothing to do the early deal. The late deal is going to cost you the house. The early deal, you add some years to the deal and you give them a nice big spiff up front. But, you know, it's I guess part of it's the nature of the beast, the way the draft works now. But I I just think guys just kind of get out of control. And if you think the pros are crazy now, wait until college goes full fledged NIL in the next couple of years and it's basically NFL light.
1: Randy, I'll I'll make this point to you too about Coach Walsh and I think Bill would have been a superstar even more so today than what he was even during your time where he won those Super Bowls. And the fact that if you look at the guys that won all those championships when you were there and during that whole era, then you get Seifert in there too. They won those five Super Bowls. I would say this to you. Isn't it only like Keenan Turner and a few other dudes like Lott? I think there's only like six of them that have four Super Bowl rings that you guys were constantly interchanging the roster out and you guys were not just changing. I mean, obviously, Rice and Joe Montana and Roger Craig and those guys, obviously those were – you You guys were staples on that team. But didn't Bill change that roster out a lot each and every single year? I mean, yeah. he, he would have been just as productive and maybe more so because he was actually dealing with a cap and he didn't even have a cap back in those days.
11: Yeah, it was – yeah, he, he was very upfront and honest, especially once we started really winning where every year you'd start out and you'd be in a team meeting at camp and Bill would say, boys, that was fun. We almost either we won a Super Bowl, we almost got to the Super Bowl, um, but this year we're going to change 12, 15, 20 bodies off of last year's team. That's just a, a, at a minimum. That's going to happen every single year. Count on it. Because we will never st- stand pat. We will always have change. And, you know, some people always kind of looked at a lot of teams and said, you know, you, you got to stand pat. That's so good. And I think it's one of the things that made Bill different. Was Bill? Bill developed, I think, especially after we <laughs> – uh, mess the bed in 82, uh, it made it a lot easier to be, you know, a, a little bit more of a mercenary attitude, but yeah, that was, that was standard operating procedure, Dan. It was, you knew that up front that he was gonna, He was going to cut starters going into the next season. That was get, You know, that's why when the, the whole thing happened with Joe and Steve and all that drama, You know, were you surprised? No, not really. It it was finally his turn, you know, because it was everybody's turn eventually. He had the end-of-season meeting we always had, and he'd sit down, he'd look at you, and, man, you see people's faces coming out of that meeting, like Keith Fonhorst one time. He comes out of that meeting, I want to say after 84, after our second Super Bowl. And I looked at him, I said, Farney, what's up with you? He goes, Bill just told me I have, like, one or two years left. And I might play. I might play three or four, but I'm only going to play one or two here. And I and he kind of sat there and he went, "Son of a bitch." <laughs> but he but he did that damn to everybody. And he tell you he'd tell you up front. Would he so. talk to Joe like that? Oh, everybody. Everybody got. That Wasn't up. it
1: a true story, Randy? That there was a cut. There was a conversation in the building that they may trade Montana to Denver to try to potentially bring in John Elway, maybe, and that he at the very end he goes, No, Joe's got more Super Bowls to win here. And Joe, I'm going with Joe, but he it, it, there was at least a conversation about it. Yeah.
11: Well, I think I think the that conversation died right after about the first five minutes of Super Bowl 24 when they whipped their ass 55 to 10. It was like, nah, I don't think we're making that trade. <laughs> I, think we, I think I think they had the right
5: guy.
1: I th- hey, Randy, here's this. In Joe Montana's four Super Bowl wins, he had a quarterback rating of 135, no interceptions, and 12 touchdowns. <laughs> I mean, I think that's efficient.
11: Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. And that's it's. That's that's sort of the that's the MO for now for this year. You know, you look at the draft, everybody's looking for a star quarterback. I mean, why don't you just start and besides the fact that Joe, Joe Joe and Brady weren't exactly top five guys? But hey, find a guy you think can do what you do well. And if you're really lucky, which the draft is all about luck, then you're gonna you're gonna find a guy that's gonna be doing it for 10, 15 years at a high level.
1: I heard a story yesterday from Jerry Rice and Jerry Rice was talking about draft day and Mississippi Valley state. Everyone knows he went to a small school and he was just under the impression that he wasn't going to get drafted. And all of a sudden he gets a phone call and it's Bill Walsh. And he goes, Hey, congratulations. You're a 49er. He goes, Holy shit. I get to meet Montana. I get to meet all these guys who won all these Super Bowls? My God. I mean, the guy, it shows you a little bit on how Bill saw things because he was looking at, at the at this all-star camp and he was looking at this guy, Rooster Jones. And then from Pitt, there was a wide out. And Bill told me this story years ago. He goes, mm-hmm. Yeah, but then this rice guy, he goes, he didn't have the greatest um pro day. He ran like a four seven or something. And everyone was like, four seven. And then I remember telling Bill, you know what's funny, Bill? How come I always remember Rice running through the tunnels in New York (laughs) and no one catching him? He just had a great eye for talent, didn't he? First team period, first
11: padded practice at Rockland, Jerry Rice's rookie year, 1985. First play, Bill throws a bomb. Has, has Joe throw a bomb against Eric Wright. And Eric Wright was a legit 4-3-5, 4-4. Four, four. I mean, he could go. And Jerry walked by him like it was nothing. And I remember he, Joe throws this ball, and Jr catches it in his hands and goes for a touchdown. And Bill's kind of patting himself on the back back there and goes, wow, that's one of the fastest four sevens I've ever seen. (laughs) Which my naturally suspicious mind is sitting there going, now he wouldn't have a guy sandbag a pro day now, would he?
1: (laughs) Randy, what – do you think it's important that a coach have the complete – I don't want to say complete say, but the majority say and the type of players – because in Philadelphia, the general manager runs the team, puts the players on the team. He is a guy that puts the coaching staff in the coaches' rooms too. Is it more – have we gotten away from that where the coach doesn't have that autonomy any longer in the conversations of building a football team? You think that's why sometimes we see so many misses now when it comes to the NFL draft? Well, in some cases,
11: um, I think that's true. Uh- and, you know, that blind pig once in a while finds that nut. So, you know, they do have a Super Bowl ring, you know, a fairly recent variety. Um, but, no, I, I, I'm with you. I General managers ought to be evaluators. General managers ought to be traders. General managers ought to be a lot of stuff. But, you know, they're not coaches. And I think the coaches, if you have the right one, um if you've got guys like Shanahan and you've got guys like Reed or you've got go down that list, you want the people, those are the people that should be telling you what they need, not you telling them what they need. So
1: Rick, I think you answered a little bit my next question here though. Kyle Shanahan, overrated or underrated as a coach? Um maybe overrated
11: until he wins that Super Bowl, he's had some good success. He's had some, 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 you know, some runs in some years. Whether it's this year or a couple of years before that, um, that are pretty exemplary. But you know, the standard that the standard there isn't pretty exemplary. So you know, it, it's about those trophies. So it's, uh, I think the, the one thing about Kyle that sets him apart is he is really – he's one of the best, if not the best, schemers in the game as far as what he does with motions and formations and everything um, is, is really fun to watch. And it's, that's what makes the beginning of a game, to me, so much fun. When I'm watching a Niner game, is I really can't wait to kind of see what he's going to unwrap. Because you you, you see like a, a jet motion or a bow jet motion, and you, whether it's Debo or somebody else, and they don't get the ball. But then you go, okay, remember that, because you're going to see that again in a big spot, and he's either going to get the ball or they're going to throw it to him. And son of a bitch, <laughs> it happens all the time.
1: Randy, the worst thing, folks, and I'll tell you this, the worst thing is when you're playing against a cross-niner team. Walsh has got these first 30 plays, whatever it was, and if you don't say this walking off the field, fuck, they scored, man. How do they do that every goddamn series? The first series. And then I realized that when you're a pass rusher and you're going against your opponent, You're going to practice the first three pass rush moves all week long on a guy's weakness, and you're going to do that all week long. So what Bill did was Bill took that mentality and said, the weakness of that defense is this, and this is what the first 30 plays are going to be against that defense, and then we'll tree off from there. Am I right? When I I look years removed from that because if I'm playing against a guy and I'm going against Jesse Cipolla – I'm going to go like this. Let me try to get inside on that guy's inside foot here. Let me see where he goes here. Get in a three over here of the defensive tackle, and I'll get over here in a shade one. And you try working these pass rush moves. Am I right? That's how Bill looked at every game?
11: Yeah. You know, the the, the crazy thing, when he first started doing that, you know, we looked at it and kind of went, oh, okay, because he'd, be, he'd, he'd do it on Saturday night. He'd give us our first 20, first 30, whatever it was. Um and it was cool. What it was really for, I was always convinced, were two things. One, it gave you an idea of what he was thinking, of what he wanted to achieve. And like I said about that that bow jet motion, um, you'd see him call plays in the first 10 that that was meant to influence the play in the third quarter. Um, the run plays that were called in the first 10 plays were meant to come back in the end of the second quarter as play action passes. The play action passes early in a game were meant to come back later in the game as those runs. I mean, it, it would just happen and they'd kind of feed off each other, but it would take you, let's say the average game has 65, 70 plays. You know, when it was the top 20, You wouldn't get through all 20 of those plays in a game, but you'd know exactly what he was thinking going into the game.
1: Let me throw one off you here. Lawrence Taylor, Reggie White, bigger impact on an offense. When you're scheming against those two guys, which guy did you fear more, Reggie or LT? Who did Bill look at and say, this guy here could wreck a game?
11: Well, we had, you know, if if Lawrence Taylor was Superman – We had his kryptonite because our kryptonite was a guy by the name of John Ayers who played left guard. And John had gigantic legs and long arms and big old hands. And he was a great pass blocker. And he frustrated LT. And that was something that was always kind of fun to see. Didn't Um, you
1: guys uh, run at him? Run at him more? You ran at him instead of letting him catch the game uh, players from behind in pursuit, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah.
11: Yeah. Well, I mean, to answer your question, I would say Reggie was probably just harder to game plan because he had, and he it seemed Buddy gave him carte blanche. That he was looking. He'd stand in the huddle, defensive huddle. <coughs> excuse me. He'd watch you break the huddle and he'd decide what position he's going to play. So then it was incumbent upon you know Joe and the coach they've got to learn to eventually start you know shifting things around. LT was going to be a right outside linebacker. And he was going to ruin you from outside right outside linebacker. Um, you know it was a, it was a, it was a wonder some days he could actually run and play and jump and go and do everything because he was a maniac but yeah, I mean, I I would say Reggie. Reggie was a guy that I think made people game plan all over.
1: Two last questions for you. Um, I threw this out to people when they say that this upcoming NFL draft with the quarterbacks in it, you know, there's no first-round grades. And I, I went back and I said, well, a lot of people didn't really think much of the 79 draft. I mean, you had Phil Simms and Joe Montana in that draft, and those guys won six Super Bowls. I mean – You got to let it kind of play out. I don't think that we're seeing a lot of like graded first round guys coming out, but do you think that's fair? Let's wait until these guys get their helmets before we really make an assessment on whether or not they could transition into the league.
11: Yeah, I, I, I agree with you a hundred percent on that, Dan, Uh, based mainly on the fact that, Hey, they're running the offenses. Now the NFL has got smart and figured out, Hey, that wide open stuff, people like that, (laughs) and it works. Um, So the guy, the stuff that Malik Willis ran at Louisville, he's going to be able to run a lot of that same stuff wherever he goes. The stuff that Kenny Pickett ran at UNC, I saw him in the ACC championship game. Tell you, the kid can run. He can throw on the move. So you know, is he is he going to is he is he the, the next? Um, Trevor Lawrence, yeah, not by paycheck because he ain't going number one. I, I can tell you that. But I think guys like Pickett and Willis are going to be damn good. I'm not. I'm not quite as sold on how necessarily. How but about I, Corral? I, Corral, yeah, could be. Depends on depends on how he runs sort of the other stuff. You know, because you're still going to have to run some regular NFL stuff. And you're still going to have to be a really quick bang, bang line of scrimmage. And that millisecond after the snap, you're going to have to be able to dissect the defense. And you know, how much of that did he do at Ole Miss? How much, how much full field stuff do you do in some of these offenses? That was the knock against all the air raid guys was they weren't reading the whole defenses that they were just the little pieces of the D they'd go with and a You know, that guy does this, we go here. You know, that kind of stuff.
1: Hey, real quick, before I let you go, does Mr. DeBartle still take you up to the casino, up at his place? Does he still get you guys up there once a year? Oh, you
11: mean the 4th of July deal? Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's the difference Uh. between today's Niners and your Niners, is Mr. D truly loved you guys, took you to Hawaii, took you – Go go away. I'm sick. You're in, you're, you know, I, I don't even want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> hey, hey, the, his, most
11: of his teams are all AARP, you know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so he's,
11: he's, he's still doing that
1: stuff. So, I mean, yeah, yeah.
11: yeah it's, it's easy to do when they're winning your Super Bowls. When you're doing it 30, 40 years later, he's a pretty special guy.
1: He sure is, man. I love that man to this day. I just love Mr. DeBartolo and all the people that are there in Tampa with him now. Randy, love it, man. Thank you so much for finding time, as you always do, my friend. I appreciate my it. Pleasure, that is my friend Randy Cross, the owner of three Super Bowl championships. Speaking of super, my friends at Morgan & Morgan, where the fee is free, my friends. That's right. That means this. They do not get paid unless you get your fair compensation. And that's what Morgan & Morgan's all about. You know, when they say for the people, always remember this. That's not just a slogan. That's who they are. That is exactly what they do. And for over the last 30 years, $13 billion, when it comes into compensation for their clients, that means when they go to battle for you, whether you're hurt or injured on the job, Morgan & Morgan is going to sit there and fight with you and for you, and make sure you get your fair compensation. With over 800 attorneys and offices in Philadelphia, New York, Florida, all across the country, Morgan and Morgan is there for you, making sure that you get that best compensation like I've been saying. Again, size matters. They're the biggest law firm in the country. Nobody's going to intimidate Morgan and Morgan and making sure you get that fair compensation that we so talk about all the time, and they're the biggest in the country. Know this, the call is free, the consultation is free. Call them at 800-512-1600. That's 800-512-1600, three times the return on compensation when you have an attorney and you're looking if you've been injured or hurt on the job. And when you call Morgan & Morgan, do me a favor, tell them your boy Big Sills sent you.
7: I'm John Morgan of Morgan & Morgan. When you're hit from behind in a car crash, the insurance company may try to say, you can't possibly be hurt. It was only a few miles an hour. It's simply not true. You see, here's the thing. Getting hit at 10 miles per hour is like falling off of this. 15 miles per hour, like this. And only 25 miles per hour, this. Injured, dial pound law. There's only one Morgan and Morgan.
2: Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view. It goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theOceanac.com.
3: Alright, did you know I was the mommy slam dunk champion?
4: Really? <laughs> yes, really, don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to ready. Go to look. Fake mom. Mama. mama, go up, oh, mama. She did it.
6: Again, you can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare.
10: Uh-huh.
5: field of life first trust bank is there for you because philadelphia dreams deserve a philadelphia bank
0: at stateside vodka every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass free
8: you're telling me that bottle is cut in half
0: you could say that
2: go for the midnight tears go for the game Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com.
1: Whiteside's being moved to tight end. Big Sills, hit the like button, please. Anything to save a draft choice. Instead of just cutting the guy loose, you suck. Hey, let's make him a kicker. (laughs) Why? Because you drafted him? God almighty. Oh, man. Hey, he can block, Sills. Yeah, but he's a second rounder. You could have got a guy like that in the seventh round. Hell, you could have got a guy in free agency to do the same job you're asking him to do. You're overpaying and you overdrafted to save your ass. (laughs) So you gave Fletcher a $14 million deal he doesn't deserve. He's been paid for his service. You're paying him for 2022. You know he's going to give you 25 tackles and two sacks. 14 million? You put your bring Barnett back?
10: <laughs>
1: Four sacks and 25 games? How many touchdowns does Jalen Rager have in the last three years? <laughs> I mean, this is comical. Hey, Blocking tight end. He's a second-round pick. I could have got that guy in the sixth round. Just to look good. Keep the guys. Wow. Cut the guy's socks. Move on. No. Can't. Why? Well, oh, right you don't even really have to say any words because everyone knows what we're all thinking. Ah, right. Okay. Got it. All right. Sure. (laughs) That's how you talk in the front office there a little bit. And this is where you think 82 and 78 and one is wonderful. Killing it. Killing it. Fletcher had a TD. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. They're moving them to tight end. I'm like this. you are got to be kidding me. Instead of just making the tough cut like they do in New England. Oh, my Lord. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) Uh, no i will not be doing that but i do want to wish um the philadelphia eagles a wonderful weekend and i hope they get ready for um uh the upcoming nfl draft uh next week and uh, we'll be here to help you too and we'll we'll be making sure that you know Our picks get in on time, (laughs) and we'll be making sure. By the way, I'm not so sure if I'm going to move off my picks all that much. I'm starting to really like this guy. Watch a little bit more tape on uh, Devin Lloyd. We'll be talking about this guy next week a little bit. I don't know, man. It's funny. I've got that McDuffie dude, and I've got uh, Devin Lloyd and one of the Georgia defensive tackles. I know we traded one of the first-rounders. I got it, I got it, I got it, I got it. But the two first-rounders this year, I don't know, maybe one of those three guys or two of those three guys end up landing on two of those pods. Should be interesting. Have a great weekend. Monday, Gary Cobb will join us, and we will talk some football as we get ready for the NFL draft. Make sure you have a fabulous weekend. Want to say adios to the Eagles. Howie, have a great weekend, man. You two to everybody. We shall see you on the flip side.